What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. Hopefully, everybody's made it through hunting season in one piece. We are now into the off season. This podcast is brought to you by none other than Double T British Kennels. Mr. Corey has got some of the finest Brit Labs out there that are on the market today. You can go to his website at BritLabs.com and get in contact with him there. Buy you a pet and a working dog all together at the same spot. Great package. Logan, who works for us, he's got a dog. Delta, perfect pet, perfect hunting dog. BritLabs.com. That's all you got to do. Also, we're brought to you by Hemp Hill Farm. Getting old, you get some ouchies every once in a while. There's a promo code, BHP. It will save you 20% off of checkout. They also have a way you can save 30% on your first order. CBD is the way to go. Hemp Hill Farm is naturally derived CBD. It's all organic. Taking care of all of my my growing pains. Right now, they've got a gummy sale, 20% off plus free shipping. Can't beat it. Nope. That's hemphillfarm.com. Farm is spelled P-H-A-R-M.com. I take a gummy every night for bed. Helps me sleep good. Do not wake up with a hangover. I take one about 10 o'clock. I go to bed about 1030. Usually about six o'clock in the morning, I roll out of bed and I feel fine. One other thing too, I have plantar fasciitis in both feet, both, both my feet. I tore both of my Achilles in my younger years. It's a side effect of it. When it does bother me, it doesn't very often. I take the salve or the roll on and yeah, put it on. It automatically wipes it out. At Turkey, he brung some to Turkey for us at all. Stood on concrete for, mm-hmm. for, for three straight days. Walked 10,000 steps a day. Oh, knees get a little ouchy and stuff. They got me a new blood pressure medicine. Put that stuff, rub it on my knees and joints. Feel like a million bucks. Feel like a 22-year-old after I do that stuff. Works Perfect. good. Hempillfarm.com. Next, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck. Listen, they've got a lot of products. Uh, you know, it's predator season now. You know, people are going after uh, coyotes and bobcats Shoot and raccoons. You know, the, Lucky Duck has something for everybody. They've got kennels out there. They're five-star crash test rated kennels. You can put it in the back of your truck and strap your dog down and not have to worry about what's going to happen to him in the event of an accident. Obviously, everybody knows about their, their waterfowl line. They've got the best A-frames on the market, the 2x4 blind. They're a one-stop shop. I mean, they've got everything. They've got e-callers, they've got kennels, they've got motion decoys. Uh, we ran their rotary system a couple times last year. They've also got some new products that are going to come out uh, later in the spring and summer. So check them out at luckyduck.com. They got a turkey line out there now. I mean, they've got all sorts of stuff. So just head over to luckyduck.com, whatever you're looking for. They have something for you. That is at luckyduck.com. Next, we are brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. If your coffee sucks, it is not the duck. They are growing and expanding. They've got some of the best coffee that you'll ever drink. Uh, Morning Wood, Sun's Up, Guns Up, First Flight. It goes on and on. Missouri Boat Ride Blend. You can subscribe. You can get coffee shipped straight to your door. You can figure out the delivery, how often you need your coffee delivered, and you can save a little bit of money if you subscribe to their uh, loyalty program. DirtyDuckCoffee.com. They've got amazing looking swag. Saw some of it at NWTF. Jay and Buck are great guys. They're on a whole tour with all the hunting shows coming up. So if you want to get your hands on it and try a couple different blends before you buy something, if you have a hunting show, big hunting show coming up, I'm sure they'll be there. Check them out at DirtyDuckCoffee.com. Look for them in the east on the East Coast. They're going to start being in food line grocery stores, a few of them. So anyways, check them out at DirtyDuckCoffee.com. Best swag in the market. Great coffee. It's all we drink here at the Big Honker Lodge. Next, we're brought to you by Shin Gear. My goodness, they had an incredible booth at NWTF. It was packed the entire time I tried to go by and talk to them and loaded with people. 
They're kind of tinkering with some of their waiter products. They've got the 2S system that's coming out. It's got two seams on it instead of seven, I believe. You know, if anything's going to go wrong on a waiter, it's usually at the seam. So they're cutting down the number of seams on their new waiters. The jack shirt's out. Bibs are out. I wear the bibs every single day here. Waterproof, windproof. It's all you need. Shin gear, I'm telling you, they are the way to go. The scout boot I wear every single day during hunting season. Every day. They got a brand new. They got tons of colors. Fixing to get me some gray ones. I love them. They're great. I'm telling you right now, if you wear anything outside in your garden or nothing, even with shorts, you can put them on. They slip on. They're comfortable. It's the way to go. Shingear.com. Next, we are brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Bismuth is the way to go. Copper-plated bismuth. Turkey season's coming up. They've got all of their turkey stuff ready to ship to your door. It's all TSS. I shoot nines. That's what I shoot. I like a lot of pellets. In my mind, you send a hornet's nest out to them. The flop starts. So they've got Warchief. They've got their legacy line and waterfowl. They've got Boss Tom. The gear is amazing. Call the shop if you want any of the gear. Phone number is on their website, bossshotshells.com. We're proud to be associated with them. Yes, On the Road with Boss. Jeff and Andy comes out in March 18th, I believe. March 18th. Check them out at bossshotshells.com. Thank you very much. Next, we're brought to you by Pacific Custom Calls. Pacific Calls and Post Falls, Idaho. Anything you need. Waterfowl, geese, ducks, turkey, They've got a call for it. You know, great guys up there at Pacific Calls. They had a hell of a show at Portland. They're retooling a lot of the stuff. The PCD duck call has undergone a transformation, making it more versatile for more people to get their hands on and feel comfortable with the call. They also have the Turkey Rodeo. It is going to be April 20th, Post Falls, Idaho. They're having a big shindig up there. Bring your turkey, uh, biggest turkey with weight, uh, spurs, beard, Combine those. Biggest turkey will win $1,000 and a belt buckle. So they got a lot of cool things going on uh, with Pacific Calls. Check them out. PacificCustomCalls.com. We have a promo code with them. BHP25. 25% off your order. Not going to find a, a better deal than that. Next, we're brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. The leader in silhouettes, silosocks. They are great. That's what we use out here every single day. It's easy to throw out a big spread. With dive bomb, you can throw out 50 dozen and it's not a big deal. Uh, they got a floater line out. They got some full bodies out there now for snow geese. Uh, and that's all going on right now. Squad Fest is going to be July 19th and 20th. The third or fourth? I can't remember. I think fourth. Uh, so it's coming up. Make plans to be in St. Louis around that time. Great guys and uh, hard workers. They're can't, always ahead of the curve. going to be a good time. Can't wait to see you there. Come by and see us. Andy will sign some titties. Yeah. Divebombindustries.com. Next, we're brought to you by the Looking Glass Podcast. Head over to their Patreon account. Get uh, signed up. Logan and Rebel, they put out a hell of a show. They got a bourbon review, and they're just great guys to listen to. The big sultry voice of Logan Pyatt. The bourbon review is worth it alone. If you're a bourbon drinker, these guys, they talk about it. They know their bourbons. Professional drinkers, basically. Looking Glass Podcast on Patreon. Next, MLR Graphics. Baseball season's coming up. You're going to need jerseys. MLR Graphics in Breckenridge, Texas can hook you up. If you head over to their website, mlrgraphics.com, you can get in contact with them. Whatever you need, shirts, hats, they can do it all there in the great city of Breckenridge, Texas. They do all of the stuff for the Big Honker Lodge, so anything that's got a Stanfield or a, a BHP pot, uh, logo on it is done by MLR Graphics. Holler at Michael at mlrgraphics.com. 
Next, we are brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. There is not an organization that is doing more on behalf of waterfowl hunters. They are putting ducks back into the sky. They are the leader in wetland conservation. Figure out a way to get involved with them. Either start a chapter, join a chapter. Your money gets put to work to put more ducks into the ecosystem for us. And they will be having a ducks, I guess it'd be a ducks event next year. There's not one this spring. Right. Spring of 2025, being Memphis, Tennessee, will be a big convention. will be a really good time. Look forward to seeing y'all there. Next, we're brought to you by Alpha Outdoor Specialties, maker of the Stanfield Stool. Save my back all last hunting season. Nice chair sets out in the A-frame. You can sit up, you can sit back, you can lean back, you can swivel. It's a perfect way to spend a morning in an A-frame. No more bucket butt for me. You can find it at alphaoutdoorspecialties.com along with all their other stuff. They've got a blind caddy. Uh, you can keep your coffee up there, your shotgun shells. You can either you can even hang a heater buddy if you need to. Uh, they are an innovative company. So Alpha Outdoor Specialties if you need a Stanfield stool or blind caddy. Next, we're brought to you by Mossberg. Don't sleep on the 940 waterfowl gun. That's what we shoot out here. Oh, everything's oversized. Listen, it's cold out there. Your fingers get cold. You need big things. The charging handle is bigger. The safety's easy to get to. Um, the 940, is it's a very, very good gun. It's what we use every single day. Uh, in the blind, whenever we get to shoot, they've also got rifles. They've got all sorts of stuff. Competition guns, handguns, whatever you need to take down, you can be shooting a Mossberg. Mossberg.com. They also are great stewards for the youth. They give us guns every year for the Gold Star Hunt, which we will have the first weekend in November, or first weekend in October up here. Thank you so much, Mossberg, for reaching out and doing so much for the Gold Star kids in the military. That's Mossberg.com. Last but not least, it is Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. You can come out here and spend time with us. Dove season will be here in just a couple short months. We've got a couple openings for that. Yes, I've got some weekday hunts during the weekdays open. Don't have a lot of weekends open. I think I got the, I may be able to do one group of eight on first weekend, which is the eighth, I believe. And then the second week in the 15th, I've got one group opening for eight to 12. And, that, and that's it for the weekends. And then weekdays, we got we can do a private group for 20 people. Anyways, that's at stanfieldhunting.com, 940-658-3172. And if you call, Jeff will answer the phone. If not, leave a message and I'll call you back. Thank y'all for listening to the Big Hawker Podcast. We appreciate it. God bless y'all. Get ready. March 18th, you'll start seeing the first series drop on the On the Road with Boss, hosted by Jeff and Andy. Thank you. Peace out. Bye. Love you. Bye. Watch for deer. All right, boys and girls, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Wyatt Mallet from Mallard Bay. Um, really, really interesting guy. Him and a bunch of college buddies started this company, and uh, they've been blowing and going ever since. They've got a lot of cool things going on at Mallard Bay right now. Um, so let's just get into it. You can hear it from him. Here he is, Wyatt Mallet. Here we go. Three, two, 
one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by Mallard Bay. I am Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. I'm here. Nice, yeah. cool morning. Winter's back in Texas now. Yeah, it was 95 degrees on Monday. It's yep. Wednesday morning, and the wind chill is below freezing. And prayers to everybody affected in Amarillo, the Panhandle. It's a bad, bad deal, and it sounds like it's only going to get worse. Zero percent contained right now. Yep. I think they've got a half million acres on fire. Jeez. It's a bad, bad, bad deal. Terrible. With us today from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Mallard Bay, our newest sponsor for the Big Hunger Podcast, our friend, Mr. Wyatt Mallet. How are you doing? Yes, sir. Doing great. How are you? Used to be Ryan's cousin until he passed away, right? <laughs> until he passed away, not anymore. I don't yeah. claim him anymore. <laughs> yeah. we got a guy that works for us that claims Joe Burrow all the time, but I'm starting to think that's a little fugazi. <laughs> a little closer to Joe than I am Ryan, I'll tell now, you that. Now you know Joe. I do. I do. I know Joe... Uh, Worked for the football team in college. Um, I was a student videographer for uh, four years um, during championship year, all that. Um, so got to know Joe pretty well um, and, and many other guys on the team. And it was, uh, it was a fun time. So How they, did you get that job? Yeah, so uh, I was on my senior trip. Uh, me and my family decided to, uh, to go on a cruise. Um, ended up uh, meeting the guy, a uh, film coordinator from Georgia Tech, uh, Mr. Todd McCarthy. And he was like, look, Wyatt, you know, I really, uh, really like you. I think uh, you'd enjoy hanging out with the team and, and videoing for us. And I'd like to offer you a, a full ride scholarship to, to Georgia Tech to, to film football, right? The I, Ramblin' I, Rick. That's right. I, I had, I'd never filmed anything in my life. Right. I took one media class in high school, and we filmed, reproduced uh, um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off in Lake Charles, <laughs> and that was a fun time. Um, but other than that, I had no camera work, you know? Um, and so, you know, I said, look, Mr. Todd, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I had a small scholarship to a small D3 school in uh, Oklahoma for wrestling. And so I was like, you know what, man, I, you know, I passed up that to go to LSU as my dream school. And uh, he was like, well, look, you know, no worries at all. I completely understand. Um, but he was like, I know the guy at LSU. So I went and had an interview with him and, and got hired at the end of the interview. And that's what I did throughout college. And it was a great time. A lot of, uh, a lot of fun stuff inside the, the football, you know, kind of curtain, I guess, of LSU yeah. and learn a lot and Okay, my question about this whole thing I've take away, other than it's really cool deal what you did, who was the hot chicken Ferris Bueller in school? Did y'all reincarnate her? <laughs> did y'all do the hot tub scene? We did not do the hot tub scene. No, we did not do the, the hot deal. tub scene. Um, it was actually, uh, we, we switched it to a pool. Um, so we kind of like, we took every little scene and kind of threw our little Lake Charles flair on it. Um, instead of a Ferrari, we had a tandem bicycle. Um, it was, yeah, it was, uh, I, uh, I was Ferris's dad in the movie, so I did the little... Uh, you know the Ferris, twist and so shout dance. I know, right? I know. Um, instead of uh, the hockey, oh, what, what was the hockey uh, jersey he was wearing? Was it uh, the Detroit Red Wings? That's right, the Red Wings. We had a uh, an old semi pro Lake Charles team, the uh, Lake Charles Ice Pirates. So we had an old Ice Pirates jersey that uh, our guy wore. Have, have you ever seen First Beaters Day Off? Seen parts of it. It was a good show back in the day. There was a hot brunette in there with him though. Sloan. He, Sloan. Right? Sloan. Yeah, 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 that was her yeah, name. Yeah, yep, yeah. Sloan. And they had to sneak him out of school, play like he was Sloan's dad to yeah. get her away from school. Yeah. That's right. Did y'all put right. the car backwards and turn it on and let it run through the building? No, no, no. Or the didn't. bicycle, I, I think, guess. I think we, like, threw the bike in the movie. I don't. I mean, it was an hour and nine minutes. I mean, we really? we scripted, acted, filmed it, <laughs> edited, and all that sound. That kind was of stuff. that a Ferrari or was that an old Corvette they had? That was a Ferrari. It was a Ferrari. That was a, that was a very cool show for that time. I, that was the age I grew up in, mm -hmm. so it was top deal. But I was never a Matthew Broderick fan. I hear you. And that's he's in it, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, was Ferris. he was he Ferris? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and then I'm trying to think who's it. Who's he married to? Is he married to Sarah Jessica Parker, the chick from Sex and the City? I believe so. Yeah, 
I'll tell you the one that's done something. I know we've gotten way off topic, which is the way we do all the time. It's John Cryer that's on Two and a Half Men. Yes. You ever see Pretty in Pink? He plays Ducky on that show. Why does that sound so familiar? He's made a lot of money off of uh, Two and a Half Men. Mm. I watched a show the other day called Bookies. Have you seen that yet? That's on. Uh, it's on either Amazon Prime or two it's on one of them one of the streaming deals mm -hmm. and it's about a guy that that's a bookmaker in los angeles and uh charlie sheen owes him a bunch of money so they have to go to a rehab deal and charlie sheen plays charlie sheen and he's at a rehab <laughs> and he's got a game going at the rehab place and angus the kid from two and a half men's playing poker with him oh, that's really? funny he's a fat huh. loaf now he is oh he fits the word angus oh well yeah that's huh. funny anyway so you went to so you went to lsu yes sir and you got to hang out with all the athletes. I did. Who's I did. the coolest of all the athletes that you own? A guy oh, that man. you would have a man crush on that was really that kind of cool dude. That you think <laughs> you know, cool I didn't dude. really a man crush. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, everybody had a crush on Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow never went out or anything like that. So it was kind of funny. Everybody was trying to figure out where he lived and that kind of thing. Um, but I would probably say my, my best friend on the team uh, was Tory Carter. He was number 44 uh, fullback for LSU. Um, you know, Valdosta, Georgia, came out of high school, um, played both sides, and came to LSU and played fullback. And it's always uh, like I used to love. He used to wear this hat called "Run the Damn Ball," mm -hmm. right? You yeah. know, it's like I just love the aspect of fullback. I played a little bit of fullback growing up, and uh, just that hard nose, run it up the middle kind of kind of football they play that, that sadly is not really a thing anymore right. in football. Um, he just was all aspects of that in, in playing just hard nose knocking people out you know kickoff team hey i'm you know pointing at them it's it's you you know yeah and i just i just love violent physical football that you know the fullback has an unsexy job does the chief <laughs> do the chiefs even have a fullback probably because the 49ers have juice uh, what's his name use check use check mm -hmm. and everybody loves him mm -hmm. yeah the cowboys had daryl johnson i mean there's mm -hmm. the fullbacks have been but I think the Titans still run a fullback. Very few so teams he got run a picked fullback. Up by the Titans. Yeah, they still um, run a fullback. They run the ball a lot. Mm -hmm. He got picked up by the Titans, um, and I want to say he played there for a year or two, um, and just recently got cut. I saw him at Turkey Show. Um, his girlfriend's dad, I believe, is the president of NWTF, or he's on the he's one of the higher up guys. Well, I'm going to say right now, if you pick an NFL player to fight, fullback is not the guy. No, to pick not at all. No, pick not somebody else. I yeah. would say fullbacks and. Uh, Probably safeties or cornerbacks, the guys I wouldn't want to fight. Well, I mean, if you put a fullback in, his job is just wrecking. Oh, yeah. Just go it's fucking just, hit that yeah, guy. Make shit happen. Be a bowling yeah. ball. I think Baltimore runs a fullback every play, too, which they run the ball mm -hmm. a lot. You have to. They, it's, a, it's kind of a – it'll make it, it'll have a comeback again when we'll start seeing fullbacks so. again. I think so. And they're, just, they're just built like a fucking brick shithouse. Oh, yeah. All of them. Absolutely. I mean, six foot – 250 yeah. i mean just wide shoulders and just go yeah, yeah. be violent oh dude it was funny too because tory would he you know eye black it up all the way down and he's <laughs> yeah. got an arm sleeve um you know he's got indian heritage so he's got a a native american tattoo of a uh like a raven crow on top of a guy and he's mm -hmm. got the eye black coming down and i remember one night we we're out drinking and you know we get back to his house and he got all serious with me, man you know and he's like do, do people think I'm like scary? Like, do people not like me because I look like this? And I'm like, no, dude. Like, that's just you on the football field, you know, kind of thing. And that was just the funny moment, man. That was that was good. Joe probably couldn't go out though, could he? No. Um. So Coach O called it Tiger Country, uh -huh. and it's Tiger Land. It's our our kind of collection of bars. Um. You guys will be there with me at Fred's. Um. July 26th, that Friday of uh, Delta Waterfowl, we're nice. throwing an event there. Um. But anyway, you know, we've got the house, JLs, Mike's, um, used to be Reggie's. Reggie's isn't a thing anymore. And then Fred's. 
and uh, you know, Coach O would be, you better not go to Tiger Country. You know, he'd, he'd get on everybody, and uh, he'd say, uh, he'd say, stay off that Twitter machine and don't go to Tiger Country. Stay off of the Twitter um, machine. The Twitter machine. So I, I went out with Joe one time, and uh, man, we got torn up at the house. Really? And uh, that was the only time I ever went out with him, or at least knew about him, him going out. He come from a pretty poor family, didn't he? I, I'm not 100% sure I've heard that before. I don't really know. I don't know him that well. Well, when they did the NFL draft, you know, that was the COVID year. Mm-hmm. And they did the draft, and he was at his house. And it was nothing, fa- you know, like a lot of kids would rent a big, nice suite and stuff. He was in a regular home. Right. I'm not saying he was, like, poor, poor, but he just did not look right. like he come from a, an up to, like, just a regular working family. Right. It looked like. Right. And I think that goes to just to speak about his humbleness, man. You know, he was always that kind of, it's, it's just football. You yeah. know, he just, real low-key guy. Um, in fact, every party I, I was at with him there, he'd have one beer in his hand all night and he'd be on his phone and he'd have that beer in his hand just so people wouldn't bring him another drink. Really? What, what do you think? Uh, you think if, you know, they almost canceled football season that year. They did. It was, they, 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 if it wouldn't have been for the, the athletic directors at those schools and those presidents, those universities telling people, Hey, this is the thing with sports. Mm-hmm. If we don't play football that year, them schools are going to be they're going to have to file bankruptcy. I know Texas Tech, their president and their AD was really adamant about this. Like, listen, if you cancel our football season this year, they they lose their TV money. He goes, we're we're done. We're going to get uh, everything at our campus. Every athletic program is going to have to be bankrupt. We're finished. We're can- and we're not going to be the only one. It's going to be ever. You know, I think the University of Texas, Ohio State, and probably A and M might have been four schools that could have survived one year without playing football. Yeah, it was close. You know, we had a lot of uh, you know very serious team meetings um, about w- that. About that, and it was just like because Coach O was really good about bringing everybody in. I mean, it was the the video team, the trainers, the uh, the equipment staff. Everybody was you know one team, one heartbeat was his was his thing. And he was just was like, guys, like, you know, don't listen to don't listen to the Twitter machine. Don't listen to the, the you know, everybody talking about what's going on. You know, everything that's going to go on is going to go on in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and what stays, you know, happens in here stays in here kind of thing. And, uh, you know, for a while, I mean, we we didn't think we were going to have a season. Right. You know, we were kind of doing um, like we were doing uh, like summer camp stuff, summer workouts and stuff like that. And we're just like, dude, we don't we don't know if we're going to be working this year. So there's just a lot of a lot of up in the air about about that time. So Joe, how does that work for you as a student? Are, are you are you compensated as far as like tuition, or you get a paycheck? So basically, it was one of those things where you're you're working for a scholarship. Um, so the first year, usually how it is is you work for a couple of years. Um, we could only log in. I think it was 20 hours a week at minimum wage, but we'd work like yeah 50 or 60. I mean, anytime the athletes were there doing something, we were we were videoing and. Uh, it just kind of happened where I got my full ride uh, sophomore year. So we had a lot of guys graduate. It was a heavy staff. Um, when I joined up, I actually didn't film home games my freshman year. So I had my freshman year. I enjoyed watching games in the student section. Usually you film every home game or at least you're working every home game. Right. And uh, I just kind of luck of the draw. I had a few things happen amongst video staff, and I got lucky. And me and another guy I entered with at the same time, we got our scholarships the same year, and we just went on through that. And it's a full ride. Full ride. Do you, full ride. Do you think – there's, I've read a deal about this one. That's pretty interesting. If they would have canceled football season that issue that year, we'd have never known who Joe Bar- Joe Burrow was. Yeah, because he was he got. Did he have two years left at LSU? Or he had one? two years. He had two and years. Everything was the perfect because there were mm-hmm. seniors on that team that were going to go to pro. They weren't going to stay around. There. Right. Justin Jefferson was one of them. Right. I'm not sure if he was going to declare. Um, or I know he was a senior at the time. Yeah, he was. Yeah, a senior so he would have been done. So that would have yeah. hurt Joe Burrow. But everything fell into place for Joe Burrow, or we'd have never known because Joe mm-hmm. Burrow was an unknown commodity mm-hmm. outside of probably college coaches knew what they had. Right, right. But nobody else knew Joe Burrow. Had you ever heard of him before no. started? No, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. he was overshadowed at Ohio State. I, you know, I mean, he no one knew who he was. 
And Ohio State does not produce NFL quarterbacks. We're, we're seeing that now. Justin Fields is going to get traded, and mm-hmm. someone's going to give a first-round pick for him, and they're going to be awful disappointed in two or three years. Too. Yeah. Even his, even his cousin. I never heard Blake ever mention Joe Burrow until Joe Burrow <laughs> yeah. was famous. That was, his, that was his cousin. Have you I, seen this clip of Coach O? It's the best clip that's out there. Which door you want me to walk out of? What? <laughs> oh, why is it not? There it goes. Oh, play, damn it. Some coaches got 50 years. Some coaches got 12. Mine was six. Good. I got to tell you, we had a meeting. Say, Coach, things are not going well. Say, Coach. You got $17.1 million on your contract. We're going to give it to you. <laughs> I said, what time do you want me to leave? And what door you want me out of? That's right. <laughs> Was he like that all the time? Oh, every second of every day. So he is the real deal. He so is. what they, you hear is what put, you see. What you they hear put is what sad you music to it. But, like, it, you know, it's a funny clip. He's like, Shoot, I'd, I'd what be time sad you all day for $17 million. Yeah, what time do you want me to leave? And what door you want me out of? Yeah, right. you, you want to write me a check for just $3 million <laughs> right I'll now? I'll walk out that fucking door for I'll probably cry out of here. Yeah. Three seventeen million dollars to walk away. Yep. And is he was helping Baylor last year or somebody. I saw him on um, at practice. I don't remember where he was. He's living life though. Now he's banging some hot chick. He's got a hot wife, a hot girlfriend. <laughs> he he does have wife. a young girlfriend, yeah. Um I, I guess they're married now. Did you know who she I, was? I, I didn't. Never met her. Um it was it was one of those things where you don't talk about it. You yeah. know, it was it was very locked up. Now I'm gonna talk about something else controversial at LSU. Okay. Nick Saban had a girlfriend when he was there. I heard that's why they ran him off the first time. Is that a rumor I, mill? I or haven't heard that. I, I didn't hear that. That's what I'd heard. I don't know how true it is or not. But that was one of the reasons he left was he was sleeping with the athletic director's wife or somebody else. And I don't know that's true. I don't know Nick Saban yeah, I, at all. Here goes Jeff He's starting a, the rumor mill. He is a great coach. But there is a story about Nick Saban in a private airport and somebody's wife. Yeah, that's I, all I, I know. But I don't know. I know that you can't tell me at LSU you they were proud to see Nick Saban leave. No. No, they weren't. And I don't know if it was a political thing. I don't really know. You know, you hear rumors. And well, stuff he left like on that, his own accord. They didn't. I don't. They didn't fire him. No, no. But I think they kind of. I don't know if they were kind of like, hey, come on. You know, they're right. kind of. But uh, but yeah, you know, and I think Saban. Um, just talking about Saban. I mean, look, as an LSU fan, I think he's literally the devil. Um, <laughs> but all in all, he's the best college football coach of all time, I in think my so opinion. Too. I, and uh, you know, I don't. I don't think NIL has any cord- or uh, correlation with him leaving Alabama. But I think that NIL is is a reason why he wasn't uh, wanting to stay any longer. Right. Because, um, you know, I mean, growing up, you know, it's like, hey, you go to school, you earn your way to a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what you're, you're paid to do is you're paid to play football by getting your school and education paid for. And look, don't get me wrong, guys. I mean, those guys got paid. Like, they got a stipend every month for rent and stuff like that. And it was more than just for rent, right? Um but when you when you take NIL and you you give a player a, a college kid you know a million dollars or how, I mean I don't even know what Libby Dunn's made now millions, um, but when you give them that freedom it's like you know I mean NFL guys look at their coach almost like a, in a respect way you, you don't have leverage you don't have any leverage yeah you can't tell a kid to do something he's like dude I got a million dollars you know like, yeah. screw off you know someone that hunted with us one time coached pro football for a while and I can't remember which which coach it was but he wasn't a head coach he was an assistant coach somewhere mm-hmm. and he was telling me about the contracts mm-hmm. he said you get a guy that's a fifth or sixth round of free agent he said that kid's going to bust his ass to try to get that contract he didn't get the big guys but he said them first round guys mm-hmm. they're paid he says it takes a different animal that's a first round player to really keep working hard because they want that second big contract. And then they want that crucial last third big contract. That's right. Because after three big contracts, other than unless you're Kirk Cousins, you don't get a third big contract. No. And he said, that's the difference. He goes, there's a lot of guys more talented that never get their second big deal because they don't give a shit no more. Here's a kid that grew up poor, mm. didn't have nothing, 
and he gets $10 million signing bonus. Back when Jamarcus Russell was with the Raiders, mm-hmm. I think he got $40 million signing bonus. What 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 incentive is that if you really don't like football? We yeah, talked yeah. our friend Chandler Phillips plays golf. He don't really like golf's not his favorite thing in his life. It's a job. Hunting is. Yeah. And so if you got a guy playing football, well the other Trey uh Waynes. Football mm-hmm. wasn't that important to him either. Mm-mm. They the get their was. money and they get their money and yeah. they figure out yeah. when what because everybody's different. Like some people Tom Brady's just a freak. Oh yeah. I mean, to to do it at a high level and like up his level of of game every year, and you know you're set. Mm-hmm. Like you, I don't know. But some people just they see those they see those dollar signs, the zeros in the bank account, and they're like, I'm good. Yeah, especially when it's guaranteed. You yeah. know, it's like then they can't take it away. Right. You know, you've already got paid. Yep. Um, speaking of Tom Brady, have you seen his forty yard dash from the combine? That's NFL terrible. Combine? Dude, I've seen it so many times. Terrible. It's so funny, seen, man. Have you seen Mahomes' picture with his wife in Mexico? You were telling you me got about a better, that. I, you got a better looking this. body. I'm telling you right now, well, Andy, with your shirt off and stuff, if you were about 6'3", people would be like, I wonder if he plays pro ball. He's a good-looking athletic kid. Mahomes looks like the guy working down at fucking Midas Breaks. Well, they had, they had a picture of him after the Baltimore game, maybe. Look at put up there, and he's like, "Come on, guys, I've got I've got children." So Livy Dunn, back to her, three point three million dollars. Okay, that's her wow. nil deal. Yeah, I wonder what Reese. What's 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 a chick that plays basketball? Reese. Oh, Angel Reese. Yeah, yeah. I bet um, she makes that much or more. I, she got a lot of fucking attitude, right though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it kind of just comes with the territory. You know, well, she's I mean, got a lot of it. Yeah, she does. And, I, and I'm sure Caitlin Clark does too. Oh, I mean, she got to somewhere. But yeah. but they've got a lot of attitude. Okay, speaking of Tom Brady. Now, you're Tom Brady. You're on top of the world, right? Greatest NFL quarterback of all time. Wife was cheating on him. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Time. Yeah. There's no yeah oh, no, put the one on the on the boat with his wife. He just had one taken yesterday with oh, him. Oh, really? On the, yeah. They were, she's in a bikini. She looks pretty good looking, too. She's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Well, she's on this boat, and I think they're in Cabo or somewhere. Just Patrick Mahomes, Brittany Mahomes, a vacation picks, because it'll come up. Mexico or just yep. vacation? I think just vacation picks. Mm. Poor guy. Was was Taylor and Travis with them too? Didn't show them. <laughs> I think they're in Japan putting on a Satan tour or some shit. I don't know what's going on with them. Jeff, I don't know which one you're the one with him. The one with him is shirt off. Well, there's them. a bunch. I mean, he's you know he's a young guy and he goes and travels. The one, the third one, maybe. This one? Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, oh, he's maybe. got it kind of covered up there. There's one of him on the side, and he's got the legit. I mean, he looks like <laughs> the the name of that article. What is Patrick it? Mahomes kisses Brittany Matthews and cozy vacation pics. Maybe that's maybe that's an old one. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's the actual ones. But there's another picture of him that's not. It's a side view, and it's not his good side. I see. I'm telling you, I see. But in in his defense, like all you give a shit about on Mahomes is his right arm. Ain't nobody yeah, gives I mean. two shits about him. <laughs> Same with Tom Brady running the forty. If you can throw a fucking ball, and you're smart. Oh, no doubt about it. Because that cat is smart right there. Yeah, Mahomes is a smart son of a gun. He plays smart, and. The same with most. Anyways, yeah, Tom Brady's wife had been cheating on him with the. Here you are, the greatest football player ever. And everybody's like, oh man, he's got the greatest thing on. And his wife's banging a jujitsu guy. That's just ridiculous. The whole time. That just goes to tell you. You get the, get those wrestlers. Hey man, get the, get, what can, the, what get can those I say, wrestlers. You know? What's Tom Brady gonna do? <laughs> you know, if they're in a dark alley one night and somebody comes at him with a, with a knife, Tom, you know, you gotta give it the jujitsu guy. And you throw money the, at him, maybe the, I don't know. The yeah, rumor yeah. is who he's messing around with. Who? Kim Kardashian. Really? Now I don't think he'd want that headache. I don't either. Now, he does always like women that have more money than he does, and she's got more money than he's got. She does. She's worth, she's a billionaire, I think. Oh, I know that. But uh, Tom seems very private about his life, and mm. she is not. No, 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 no at all. And you know what? Could you imagine? Now, I think Kim Kardashian is a sexy lady. The mm. pictures of her when she's, but she's always makeuped up mm. and stuff. But she's she's a pretty woman. 
but she's a whore. I mean, yeah, I, mean I mean, is anybody going to argue that? I mean, the, the definition of what of a whore is to what <laughs> sex for money. Well, how do you think she got her start? That's what I'm saying. Uh, Ray J. You she know, was that Ray video. J. John, yeah, John yeah. Rivers talked about it. Yeah, yeah. What's bad is her mom pimped her out, basically. Yeah, her mom's nothing but a damn pimp. All her yeah. daughters. I mean, it's sad to say, but I mean, it's it, you know, her. That's what she did. Mm-hmm. If you're her mom, you got to look at your family and think, "Wow, I got a son that got five, that that married a black stripper that have had all kinds of problems with black china and whatever mm-hmm. fat Rob now, fat and then Rob. and then my daughter." Has got more black penises put in her than a Greyhound bus stop anywhere, <laughs> urinal. And now, they're all whores, and she made her money selling her body. And my and husband then, decided he wanted to wear a fucking dress and leave me the greatest athlete in the world. Her mom's a fuck up. That's wild to me. That, yeah. that whole thing is wild. But Joan Rivers, that was the, she's an actress, right? The she celebrity a, actress. She was a comedian. Oh. And she's the one that came out and said Michelle Obama had a schlong. I was about and to then say, she and then she got killed. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. Got, you know. Yeah. yeah. She went in Clinton. for like a knee surgery or something. Something yeah. real, some, some surgery that minimally invasive and right. somehow. Hillary Clinton's doctor, probably. Died, yep. yeah, yeah. Died yeah. on the operating table. Andrew Breitbart, do you know who he was? I, I don't. Breitbart News, it was a fan. He was a. Uh, that's yeah, Rivers. yeah, that's her, yeah. Andrew Breitbart was kind of like a Alex Jones type, but a lot mm-hmm. more well liked, respected journalism. He had a lot of shit going on on the on the crooked ass politicians on both sides. Yeah. He went jogging and had a heart attack and died. And they they've always speculated that it was that CIA heart attack. I was about guy. to say, yeah, that thing is uh, it, it's wild that it's real. Like they actually said this is a real thing. The heart attack know? gun or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, look at look at the Clintons. How many people have died there close to? You're oh, yeah. 25 years old, right? Yes, sir. You hung out with a bunch of celebrities at LSU. You've known a lot of people. Mm. How many people do you know that have committed suicide that are, that are around you that personally you know? One. Okay, one. One. They've got like three hundred mm-hmm. close associates. For, I mean, for no reason too. I I know maybe four people that I, I know more people that's committed suicide than four, but people that I'm actually really good friends with, I don't know that I've ever had a really good friend of mine mm-hmm. kill himself. No, I mean, and thank God, man. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a, a horrible fucking yeah. deal. It's, it's like a car wreck. I mean, oh, there's a family. It just comes from nowhere. But oh, yeah. nobody ever thinks of them as having. No. But all those people around them that just die. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those things where you, I mean, I guess you really never know what's going on through somebody's head. I mean, I mean, think about like some of the celebrities like uh, like Anthony Bourdain or. Yeah. Uh, do you think uh, he killed Chester himself from though? Lincoln? I don't know. I do. I don't know. You think he did do it? Yeah, because he was in a really dark place. He got dumped by uh, his girlfriend. Hmm. They were really, really like he. People that were close to Anthony <clears throat> Bourdain, I've watched. Um, there's on HBO Max. They did a, a documentary after he died of all of his really really close friends, and they said like he was, he got so attached to this girl, and she he got too attached basically, mm-hmm. and like ran her off, and like he was just in a really really dark place after that, and so I I think he could. Mm-hmm. He is he was one cool son of a bitch, mm-hmm. and I would have loved to had a podcast with oh, him and visit him. And he is absolutely, I have zero in common with that dude. Mm-hmm. I've never done drugs. He's skinny and was a good-looking guy. He He's, was also a jiu-jitsu guy. I didn't know that. Blue belt. He was a really cool, cool, cool dude. I love his show. I still watch him all the time, but absolutely have yeah. nothing in common, but I thought he was really good. Yeah. Guys, I got to go get rid of some Migas. Um, <laughs> here, here's the uh, here's the death list while okay. Jeff is away. <laughs> the Clinton death pool. The, here Cl- we go. Yeah, Clinton Deadpool. So you got him, you got James McDougal, Clinton convicted Whitewater partner, uh, heart attack. Uh, then you got a guy that was murdered. 
Where, where's uh, Epstein at on this list? Epstein, Epstein was on another list that I saw. Okay. Uh, found dead, suicide, number 10, uh, gunshot suicide, head of Clinton gubernatorial uh, secretary team in Little Rock, gunned down in his car. Uh, and then, like, you go to their old bodyguard. So if you go all the way down here, former bodyguards Holy also shit, dead. Huh? I mean, like, they've 11 had... 11 of them. 11 dead bodyguards that just... Nobody knows, just passed away. Con wait, Conway LeBlue. So uh, I got a wild story about Conway LeBlue. Oh, down here, number four. Yeah, yeah. So Conway LeBlue, if I'm thinking of the same Conway LeBlue, um, that was he. We might have to look this one up, but he might have been in the uh, the David Koresh, the Waco thing. I can look it if up I'm thinking quick. of the same one, because I went to school with a kid named Conway LeBlue, and that was his. I can't remember if it was uncle or his grandpa. It was him. And he was in the. Koresh thing? I believe so. I believe he was one of the, the ATF agents that got killed in that. Oh, really? Yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. Conway LeBlue. Yeah. ATF. Yep, yep. So his, uh, I, I, I want to say it was his grandson is was also named Conway. He, yeah, he wrestled me when I was in high school. Um, we went to St. Louis together in Lake mm -hmm. Charles. And, uh, yeah, it was just like the most wild thing ever that his, I can't remember if his uncle or his grandpa, but anyway, uh, he, was, he was killed in the Waco thing. Oh, he was really. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That have you seen the the documentaries on that Waco thing? I haven't. I haven't. I haven't seen the show. The show's called Waco, right? Yeah, it's called Waco. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I've got some friends, and like they messaged my wife out of the blue. I've never been to Waco, Texas. I mean, I might have driven through it when I was a kid, maybe, but I've never done anything there. But they're like, "Yeah, we're thinking about vacationing, or we're going to be in Waco. Is there anything to do?" And I'm like, "I don't fucking know." Mm. Like, I guess they watch Chip and Joanne. So now everybody's going to Waco to see. The Magnolia. Mm. I don't know. I've never been there. Um, but yeah, Anthony Bourdain, he he got fucking jacked. Um, let me see. Oh, here I was going to pull it up. Anthony Bourdain, jiu-jitsu. Like his, he had a fucking six-pack. He quit smoking. Because mm. um, you you said you wrestled in high school. Yes, sir. Yeah. Fifth and, grade. Fifth grade through senior year. Yeah. Um, Here he is right here. Yeah, he's a he was a blue belt. Oh wow, yeah. And I mean, like competing in older divisions, and I mean, you can see right oh, here. Oh yeah, look, he's ripped. He's fucking. Damn. I mean, he's, he got jacked. But that was his. Uh, I think that was his final girlfriend. Oh wow, yeah. She was an actress and just fucked with his head, but yeah. quit smoking. I mean, I don't know if he quit drinking, but yeah. I mean, jujitsu changed his life. Have you ever thought about doing jujitsu with I your have. wrestling background? I have thought about it. Uh, one of our guys, Bennett, um, Bennett's from Lafayette. One of the the first guys on team at Mallard Bay. Um, he's a big jujitsu guy. Mm -hmm. Him and I, I mean, we, we talk UFC and stuff all the time. Um, and he does jujitsu in, in Houston. Um, but now that expo season's over and I have some more time to do it, I've been going to UFC gym in the Heights. Right. Um, what's that? What, what do they do there? Um, so they do, uh, they have a kickboxing class, they have a jujitsu class. They have a, um, they have an MMA class, but they call it like, um, I think it was like combat conditioning or something. Right. It's kind of weird. The, the politics with UFC and their gyms, because they almost like don't want to put it out there that it's like a this is like a fighting gym, right? right? But uh, it's I mean it's an MMA class, but they can't call it that. Um, but they have a full uh, weight area. They have punching bags. They have a turfed area for sleds. They have an Olympic rack, um, stuff like that. So uh, Logan, Joel, and I, uh, we all go down there and, and work out every day. I think you'd love it. I think, I think so too. I think so too. And that and uh, uh, Heritage Muay Thai is uh, like five minutes from my house, and they've produced right. a couple of UFC athletes. Um, so definitely now that expo season's calmed down, I'll, I'll be getting into that soon. See, cause I'm old, you know, I'm 36. So I like jujitsu <laughs> and I mean like 
So my brother, he's uh, he's going to get his purple belt soon, which, I mean, if you look at, I saw something the other day and it was talking about the percentages of people worldwide that like even just doing jujitsu, like you're in the top 10% of people and it might even be less than that. But like, as you progress in belts, like I think the percentage of people walking the earth that have a black belt, it's like less than 0.1%. Like right. it's a very, very minute right. uh, class of people. And like, even when you go down to like brown belt, purple belt, mm-hmm. it's a very, very small percentage of people that do it. And I mean, with your wrestling background, I mean, you would, you would excel quickly. No, oh, I, I would love to try it. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a student for everything, you right. know? Um, so, you know, the last thing I want to do is walk in there with my background and think I can kick everybody's ass because <laughs> right. I'll quickly get choked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, but the way the belts work, so, you know, you have your coach, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I know the Gracie um, is, is big, and I, f- I forget the other right. family that's in it, but to be, like, you know, you start off as a white belt, and mm-hmm. to be upgraded in belt, it, your coach has to believe that you can beat every other white belt in the world right. for you to get moved up, right? Right. I don't know okay. how I don't know how all that works, but, like, yeah, it's basically at your coach's discretion right. whenever, he, whenever he thinks that you can move up. So they have stripes, you get so mm-hmm. many stripes, and then you move up. Uh, a belt class but okay. uh yeah i mean so basically you know it kind of depends on what what uh where where you go to some you have to compete uh you have to beat a purple belt in like a competition to move up others just it's based off of how you do in class right. um but it just it just depends on uh what school you would you would go to but i, I mean you've already got Obviously, you've got the takedowns. You've got takedown defense. So, I mean, really, like, once they start teaching you submissions and, you know, you get that down, you move yeah. up quick. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was talking with uh, um, Adam Von Rothfelder of a strong coffee company. I was telling Jeff about it last night. It's a, a coffee company. Um, they're not in, in the hunting space. They're more in the, uh, the more, um, I guess, like, healthy lifestyle. Uh, they're out of Austin. Um, it's all instant coffee. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's basically coffee. That's more than just wake up juice. Every, every right. scoop has a uh, collagen protein, L-theanine, MCT oh, really? oil. Um, I'm going to send you guys some bags so you guys can check it out, but it's all instant. Right. Um, so, I mean, I've used it plenty of times hunting. I mean, you got hot or cold water, you've got a cup mm-hmm. of coffee. Um, in fact, they make coffee drops where you eat two of the drops, really? like the gummies. And, uh, it's like drinking a cup of coffee. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, but Adam, Adam did a little MMA, um, and stuff like that. And so he was like, man, if you want to come to Austin and get trained a little Muay Thai, he was a Muay Thai guy. Yeah. Um, but he was telling me that just with my wrestling background, I, I mean, I really know how to keep down pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard a lot of jujitsu guys, that's that's the part of the thing that they kind of struggle with at the beginning. Right. Because a lot of it's from your back in different positions. And yep. as a wrestler, I'm not comfortable on my back. It's like right. you, as soon as your back hits the ground, you yeah. fucking move. You know, it's <laughs> like you roll over, you do whatever you got to do. Um, so definitely a learning curve there. Um, but I'm excited to do it. But when, when we talk about belts and stuff like that, for instance, like uh, Dustin Poirier out of Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, and I know some of the Dagestani guys like uh, Khabib and mm-hmm. uh, Islam and all those guys were like talking shit. Yeah. You know, saying that he doesn't have a legit black belt and all that. And he yeah. came out and, you know, who ain't got jiu-jitsu, <laughs> you know? Um, it's funny shit. There was, uh, I'll see if I can find it. Khabib was wrestling. So I think Khabib does a lot of stuff with Daniel Cormier. And uh, and Daniel, he you know he's a uh, he was a national champion yeah. at uh, Lafayette boy as well. Oh, oh, he is. Yeah. He's from Louisiana yep. too. Lafayette. Um, I'll see if I can find it. But Khabib is, oh, of course, it changed it to Kebab. <laughs> um, Khabib wrestles college kid. Um, there it is, right here. Um, but like Daniel, and maybe let, let me see if I can find this. Um, but Daniel is uh. 
he comes and like helps the kid. But like it's a different. Yeah, here we go. So he's he's wrestling a D uh, Khabib wrestling a D one kid, but Khabib wrestled a fucking bear when he was a kid. So oh, I mean, yeah. this is just a wrestling. No, 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 nothing else. This kid's gonna get his ass whooped. He's a D one wrestler. I don't care. <laughs> Khabib going easy. Yeah, it's not like he's just wrestling some random guy in a bar. That's the talking shit in the background. That's yeah. funny. Hey, help me watch this face. Here comes Daniel to help this D1 kid. Nice. Nice. Oh, you got to keep that. Khabib doesn't even look phased, though. No. I mean, I'm telling you, those Dagestani guys, I mean, it's just their their conditioning is unmatched. Yeah, he never gets tired. No. That kid will have something to talk about the rest of his life. That's yeah, I right. I got oh, dude, I'd Khabib. love to have the chance to wrestle with him. That's right. It's about to go terribly wrong for him right here. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, it's bad. Ooh. That's all she wrote right there. Yeah, it's a bear hug. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of memes going around with Khabib. Because um, Khabib, you know, he trains his guys, um, and he learned from his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after after his dad passed is when he stopped fighting. Right. Um, just That's got to fucking hurt. It doesn't feel good. I mean, he just basically head planted the kid yeah um but now, anyway. now how could he do who's got who's the best wrestler the kid from iowa or penn state right currently right now yeah i'm not sure i, I haven't kept up with it about honestly jordan burrows maybe who's the jackass he's a, he's a dog who's the he's kid amazing who's the jackass kid is he the, the we the, the, the linebacker we had on from south lake carroll knew, knew this kid and he was a wrestling kid come from a wrestling family and oh, jackass yeah the, the the kid likes him liked him he knew him he met, wrestled and worked out with him some remember the kid that's going to ohio state from, yeah, from, not from south like from lovejoy yeah peyton okay. pierce okay peyton pierce's friend he worked out with this kid that's a wrestling kid and the kid went to our somewhere and he flipped off the crowd and shit they just how disrespectful he was that just, is disrespectful and and you can look it up it's it's but his that's that it's that kid that he was talking about his whole family is fighters and wrestlers hmm uh no i think you're are you talking about the there was a kid that his dad was an arm wrestling champion but i don't know if he was a wrestler no this kid here this kid here no no i know that kid no that's not that kid he's a football player right the kid he started he started a football game the wrestling the, the kid that did the, the, the arm wrestling the arm wrestling dad yeah you know his, his son, son plays quarterback somewhere right yeah he does play quarterback i can't remember where it's at though uh, he started a game this year i thought a big time game it wasn't the kid at notre dame but Anyways, that, sure. that wasn't him, though. No, this is this kid's a wrestler, mm-hmm. like a wrestler, Division One wrestler, and he's got a bunch of NIL deals, and they work out and do all these workout videos and shit on YouTube, and he's famous, like DeFaranza or some shit. He's got some Fonzie or some crap. Anyways, he went to... Not AJ Ferrari, is it? That might be who it is. He went, he went to Oklahoma State, and then he had some... There was yes. some, uh, yes. some allegations, and then he moved schools. Yes. Anyways, he's a real jackass, it looks like. Yeah, I wouldn't no, say it to his face, because he'd probably show right, me the bottom right. of my feet. Well, he, he wrestles the same weight class I wrestled in high school. He was, okay. He's 195. But he is a real 
piece of work it mm-hmm. says. Like his dad's disrespectful and he's disrespectful. And he's at Penn State or Iowa now or somewhere. And they said that the coach needed to get on. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I mean, wrestling. I mean, from day one, you're taught you're taught discipline. You're taught sportsmanship. Yeah, he don't have um, any of that. And yeah, that's 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 upsetting to hear. Um, but no, Khabib with the the Dagestani guys. You know, a big thing about Khabib, especially in training, is they don't really stop. Yeah, like they don't like. Like it, like I said, there's a bunch of memes going around. But could be like, why you tap? Like, you, you go to sleep, you know. And uh, that's just those guys are just they're just insane. How would he do just in a wrestling match with the what's he what's could be boy 190 pounds? He wrestled Con or he no, fought he Connor was, uh, at 170. Yeah, uh, he was a welterweight, I believe. Yeah. How would he do in the NCAA championships at his weight class? Would he oh, roll man. through pretty fast? Um, I don't know. I, I I I think he would whip everybody's ass. To be honest, just because I mean his his main thing was wrestling. You know, he wasn't. Uh, I mean, look, he was great all around, mm-hmm. but his wrestling was almost unmatched. Could Conor McGregor win the NCAA championship Ooh, at his weight? I don't think wrestling. No, no. no Conor's no, a striker. Conor's a striker. Yeah, that's that's what. I, well, Conor Khabib is an actual wrestler. Yes, then. yes, yes, okay. yes. Conor got beat by Khabib. Yeah. Mob's died because I'm going to be Connor fan. Yeah. Because I mean, Khabib tied up his legs, and he, I mean, you can't do shit from the ground with striking. No. And that guy's a Pakistani Muslim, right? The Khabib guy? I, is he Pakistani or is he Dagestani? Dagestani. He's Russian. One of the stands. I don't know. Yeah. He's Russian. He is Russian. They're a different breed of people. They got different blood runs through their veins. You know, I mean, when yeah. you grow up wrestling bears as a kid, you know, I mean, mm. I grew up beating, it is AJ beating Tony's for, ass. It is AJ Ferrari. <laughs> Yeah, 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 did you see the stuff on him? He flipped the kid off and said, just disrespectful. Yeah. So he was at Oklahoma State, and yeah. one of our guys, um, uh, Yokobitis, he uh, he wrestled with us. He won state, I believe, all four years at a 106, and then he went up to 112. He was almost like my little brother on the team, and he uh, he went to Oklahoma Wait, State. Weighs 106 pounds? Is he fucking malnourished? How can, you be a man? <laughs> How can you be a man and weigh 100? That's, a, that's a, you got to be a jockey. Yeah, pretty much. He was from. Uh, he was adopted from uh, Guatemala. How tall is he? Five one, five two. Oh man, something like that. Five. Yeah. I'm sorry, skinny kid. I see a 106 pound kid start talking shit and something. I'm gonna laugh. You're gonna. Get, but one, then one the motherfucker's gonna hurt me. That's what I mean. <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying. Right, you right, just right. don't. Okay. How would you wrestle at what? One ninety five. So did you ever wrestle with this 106 oh, yeah. kid? Oh yeah. Did you toss him around everywhere? Yeah, but he was. But I wrestled quick. because he was quick. Yeah. So so like me at 195. I would wrestle our 106, 112 because he was, I mean, he was one of the best on the team. I mean, he, he was winning state and left and right. And I'd also wrestle our 145 and our 152 just because they were quicker. And also I'd wrestle our heavyweight, yeah. um, 285, you know, so I get a lot of speed in, in, in uh, and, and weight training, um, you know, just from those different weight classes. And, and one of my best friends growing up, uh, Joe, he, uh, he wrestled at 182. So him and I were partners. So we'd go back and forth. You know, try practice, and then we'd switch off to the the smaller guys and do some kind of quicker training and stuff like that. Because I mean, at my weight, my weight was very versatile. So we had a lot of like throws, but you also had guys that would shoot and do other stuff that the the lower weights would usually do. So I I tried to be like a as much of a virtuoso as I could be, and just kind of learn anything to adapt. What's a hundred and six guy getting out of wrestling? Somebody weighing one hundred ninety. Yeah, other than getting learning how to take just take weight, basically. Yeah. More body just, weight. I, I'm pressure. sorry. 106 pound guy though does not. <clears throat> well, I mean, you got to think too. Like, like he said, he's going to kind of toss him around and kind of mm-hmm. do what he wants. So this 106 pound kid is going to be able to work on escapes mm-hmm. and defense. Or if he hits like a quick outside single and, and grabs my ankle from the outside, I mean, I'm going to get out of it. But at least he's going to practice on on getting there. Right. Um. So I mean, yeah, it's just a, a quick thing. And one of my really good friends growing up probably weighed 135 pounds. He'd uh, 
He his his brother was a Division one track player. He was a, he was a good athlete, but his mm -hmm. problem was he had a heart disease when he or a heart mm -hmm. problem when he was little, and he had to have open heart surgery wow. when he was a baby. Wow. And so he never grew really tall and stuff. Right. And he was 130, 135 pounds probably. Mm -hmm. And we was at a party one night, and guys would always want to guys that didn't know he was really a cool guy want to start shit with him. Would piss me off. Oh yeah. And so if you're fucking with my friend, you're fucking with me. Oh, and so same. And so one night we was at a party and this guy was trying to talk shit and fucking with him. And he was a cowboy, a real cowboy. Mm -hmm. Cowboy hat, worked on a ranch, done the shit. And this guy flipped his fucking cowboy hat on. I went fucking berserk. Mm -hmm. I'm fixing to beat the show this son of a bitch. My buddy Randy was a Golden Gloves fighter. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so he hit this motherfucker 15 times before I could move two steps. Just <laughs> right across that dude's nose. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just... I didn't have to fucking ever take up for him. <laughs> but in my heart, I always did because it pissed, it would make me oh, fucking mad yeah. because we'd be standing together and I'm the loudmouth asshole and then they'd want to start shit with him. Well, fucking don't start something with me. I mean, I wasn't a huge guy, six foot, 220 pounds. Mm -hmm. That's an average size guy. Yeah. But I was bigger than 130 pounds. Right, right. But they'd always want to always fuck with look at him. But they always want to yeah. fuck with him because he wasn't really big. And, right. rah, 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 and I mean, I'm telling you right now, it looked like a speed bag going across that guy's fucking nose. It was just <laughs> brr, a blur and then red blood coming out of that guy's nose. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, motherfucker, that's what you deserve. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever been 106 pounds, to be honest with you. I don't know. 106? I, I don't think I've ever been 106. Fifth grade. <laughs> Way in for football <laughs> was 105. AJ Ferrari, 585. Yeah, that's him. De uh, deadlift four times. And I don't know what he wrestled at, but... 195. 195? He's got that car salesman hair, though, don't he? <laughs> yeah, everybody's got that. He car salesman or pastor, either yeah. one. <laughs> 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 it's no shit. <clears throat> but you were telling me about y'all's your workouts yeah like yeah. you would you would run three miles before you ever even got on That's the wrestling right. mat so our our final bell would ring it at 240 mm -hmm. schools we had such weird times it was like school right. started at like 743 and the final <laughs> bell would ring at 240 um but at 245 you had your shoes on you were running and coach was standing outside watching we had a the way um st louis was in lee charles it was downtown lee charles and we had a i couldn't even tell you how, how what the distance was around the school um, but I, I want to say we'd, we'd run it like five or six times would be mm -hmm. would be three miles. Um, you know, we're weaving in now to pick up traffic right, and, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And administration didn't like us much for that, but we weren't not going to do it. You yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, we'd run three miles. We hit the weight room. We do 100 bench presses, 100 military presses, and then do like curls, box jumps, jump ropes until everybody was done or at least, in, you know, because we had... I mean, look, the reality of a heavyweight running three miles in time to still have practice is very low. <laughs> right. So coach would, all right, come on, you know. And, uh, you know, before the season, we do all kinds of tire flips and stuff outside. And, man, I remember one of the, the, the most fun workouts we ever did was we had a, a tire in the middle of two cones, maybe, um, you know, maybe a 20-yard stretch. And the tire was in the middle, and you were on one side, and your opponent was on the other side. And you had to do everything you had to do to get that tire back to your cone. So, I mean, it was literally <laughs> grab the tire, pull on it, you know, let go of an ankle pick the guy. Yeah. I think when I went, I think I just ran up and just decleated the guy. Like, I just ran straight at him. Ran up, grab the tire, hurry up and run. They grab you. You know, it's a, uh, it was fun. It was, it was to build up. You know that that physicality and that yeah. violence. Um, and then we'd go upstairs and do technique and rope climbs and other workouts like that. And dude, I couldn't climb a rope until I was like a junior in high school. Really? You know, I mean, it was just. I mean, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm a big guy. Yeah. It takes a lot of strength yeah, to pull yeah, me yeah. all the way up right. there. And and it's a lot of technique too, learning the the foot placement and, and stuff like that. Um, and we do a lot of sprints and. Um, and my wrestling coach is, is the closest thing I have left to a grandfather. Mm -hmm. um, coach Terry, Terry Gage, um, he's got a wild – he would actually be a great guy for the podcast. He was a government locator um, when President Carter was in, in office. And uh, he – basically a government locator is a, a government-employed bounty hunter. 
Really? So he would go after people that owed the government money and stuff like that. And Jesus. he's got some wild stories. Um, and in fact, uh, one of my favorite stories um, from that time in my life, junior year. So, so Peyton, I, I think I might have met Peyton at Turkey. He's our VP of Sales and Business Development. Um, or not? I'm not sure, but you'll you'll meet him this year. But uh, he moved uh, from Lake Travis from Austin, uh, junior year of high school. And uh, I mean, he we were in the biggest weight group. He immediately joined our weight group. We were friends right off the bat. Got him in wrestling, and in our third, I believe it was our third day. So he moved early. He lived with his aunt in Lake Charles. His his family's all from. Uh, He's a Hoovall, so all his family are from Cecilia Henderson area in Louisiana, and he's mm-hmm. got a lot of family in De Quincey and Lake Charles. And um, it was like a third day of being here. I had met his dad once. My parents had never met his parents, anything like that. And on the third day, I was like, hey, man, you want to go um, offshore fishing? And he was like, I mean, what? Yeah, like, <laughs> hell yeah, you know? And uh, it was it was me, him, uh, Coach Terry, uh, his son, Billy. And Billy's like my dad's age. Billy could be like my dad. Um, and their grandson, Will, was on the wrestling team with us. Um, and Will's kind of like a, like a little brother that mm-hmm. I never had to. And, uh, man, we went out there. He had a 32-foot Hydrocat, and we had some engine trouble. We were supposed to leave at 11, ended up having to get a new battery, which was the first red flag. <laughs> um, but long story short, we ended up getting out of there. We caught two red snapper. You know, it was a shitty fishing day, but, you know, it's fellowship. That's what it's about, hunting yeah. and fishing, you know. And uh, Peyton actually lost his, his lucky hat on the way out and was like, oh, no. And we're like, shut <laughs> up, you know. Well, sure enough, we're coming back in about 5 o'clock. And, uh, you know, we're on the Big Joe beanbag chairs facing south into the Gulf. And mm-hmm. everybody else is facing forward, driving the boat back in. And uh, we were – we have a very good rapport with with Coach Terry with Terry and Billy. We call them all by their first names, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we hear Billy go, you know, oh, mayday, mayday, mayday. And we're like – you know, we're high oh, school. We're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, why are you fucking with us like that? You know? And he goes, sit down and shut up. This is fucking serious. And we're like, you know, like, what? And we jump up, and I'm telling you, the biggest, blackest cloud you have ever seen from horizon to horizon. We're going straight into it. Oh, shit. And we're like, yeah, oh, shit is right. And we're grabbing life vests, and we're putting flares on our shit. We'd never <laughs> been in any of that before. And uh, out of nowhere, just the swells were growing. I'd say it probably averaged anywhere from 12 to 15 foot swells. At one point, it was 20. How big a boat were you on? 32 foot. That's a pretty big boat, uh, though. No, yeah, it was. But, I mean, we were like, I mean, it was like oh, up, and down, up and down, up and down. So, Coach was. Um, <laughs> and uh, we thought he was having a damn heart attack because he was grabbing his chest, you I know, and terrible. everything else. So, we're, we're communicating with Coast Guard. We end up losing all of our lights, our GPS. We had our running light inside, and that was it. And we were going off a compass. We were just northwest heading into the waves. And, uh, man, I can remember me and Peyton. And like I said, me and Peyton are – we're friends for three days at this point. My parents are – you know, my parents and then Billy's wife, we, we live in the same neighborhood, so we're pretty tight. And, uh, you know, my mom's calling uh, Miss Cassie, and she's like, hey, you know, like, have you heard from the boys? And they're like, no, it's okay, you know. And they're like, yeah, it's probably fine, you know. And as it got later, they're like, hey, have you heard from the boys? And they're like, no, something might be wrong. Well, a news report went out that three adults, and it was like four kids. I mean, it was me, Peyton, Will, and another guy. Um, I mean, we're all high schoolers, but it was like two adults, and our three adults and four kids were, were you know, fighting the sea, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, our assistant wrestling coach was a, a college wrestler that moved to Lake Charles for the Coast Guard. And so coach brought him on as an assistant coach. And sure enough, my mom called Jack and he's like, oh, shit, let me find out. And he was like, yeah, that's, that's the boys out on that boat. Oh, shit. And, uh, man, I can remember, you know, in those moments where it's like real stressful, high adrenaline, um, where time just takes forever. Yeah, you know, yeah, a minute yeah. takes an hour kind of thing. And, uh, man, we, we were calling that, that Coast Guard helicopter and they're like, all right, we'll be there in 45 minutes. And we're like, okay. 
And we're just, I mean, we're holding on, just, just getting our ass whooped. And, you know, five minutes later, you know, where are y'all at? Oh, we'll be there in, you know, in 45 40 minutes. minutes. Like, <laughs> you know, like, hurry the fuck up. Yeah. And uh, the first the first helicopter had to come, and they got, um, had to go back out for gas, and then coach is grabbing his chest, and, you know, they're like, oh, shoot a flare. Well, we didn't have time to pull the poles down from the top. So Peyton had to had to grab a pole, kind of by the console, and then grab my arm like a like a Spartan handshake, you know. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm leaning out, I'm shooting the flares. We had four flares, and um, we ended up on the last flare. Um, they had they were like, hey, like go ahead and shoot another flare. We're coming. And uh, dude, and like I said, those moments in time where everything is just still and quiet and and, and you know chaos. Yeah. And uh, man, I pull that I pull that flare gun up and I'm about to shoot it, and I just hear Peyton go, "Hey, you know," and I I'm like, "What?" You know, like what could you possibly want? And he goes, "You think I could shoot the last one?" <laughs> and I'm like. Yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> no, and he ended up not having to shoot it, unfortunately. But that helicopter came in, and man, there's a video online somewhere. I don't know if we can find it, but there's a video online somewhere of that Coast Guard, the rope operator on the helicopter, had a GoPro on his helmet. Mm -hmm. And uh, dude, when I tell you, like that helicopter was at the ceiling. I mean, it was like right fucking there, you know. And that rope comes down with a glow stick on the end of it. And the video, you can see me in the back of the boat, and Peyton's behind me, and. And we're pulling the rope in, and, and, and the rescue diver comes down wearing Chuck Taylor Converse's, by the way. I thought it was the funniest thing. But we pull the rescue diver in, and he slips, and we pick him up. And then the basket comes down. We put Coach in the basket, and they just they didn't even reel him up. I mean, he slapped a couple waves on the way out. They took him straight to Corpus Christi. Um, Where were you just come in at? Uh, Lake Charles. And they took him to Corpus Christi? Yeah. So we had actually— Where the fuck y'all at? Houston you, by then? Well, if you look on the map, the way we were drifting, we were just heading northwest, fighting the waves. And, I mean, dude, we didn't get back in the marina until, like, 2 in the morning. And we left at 1, one in the afternoon. And, uh, I mean, we had drifted on the map. We were in line with Corpus, and we came back. I mean, it was it was absolutely wild. Like, it was— It's a long fucking ride. It was—you're telling me. It was long. You know um, what's crazy? And like, we talked about this on a, on a recent podcast. The Vikings— Mm. They did. They navigated that shit. No modern technology. Mm. A moon They stone. just fucking set off in some of the roughest seas the on North the planet. The worst in the world. Oh, absolutely. North Seas and Cape um, Horn mm -hmm. are probably the two worst seas in the And I mean, obviously, I've never looked at the statistics, but it's like, how many of them died on the way? Like, oh how many God, of the yeah. boats capsized? But like, they, you never know. some of them made it. Yeah, some some of them made it, right? I mean, they'd sent out 50 boats or so, yeah. and, you know, 25 would make it or whatever the, the statistic Just is on it. It's fucking crazy. tough people. The, Dude, the, absolutely. Even the trip from um, England to the United States and France and off to Normandy and stuff where all mm -hmm. those people, the settlers in the 1600s, 1700s come across, it'd take 30 days. Mm -hmm. And you didn't know he was going to land on the United States. Yeah, what no gets idea. me is like the crazy the people that could get well like the 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 pilgrims at Plymouth you know mm -hmm. how did they not end up at Provincetown they ended up somewhere around that Cape to get into that yeah to get into Boston and then to not run aground fuck there's guys today in modern boats could run aground all right. the damn time yeah yeah it, it, it is absolutely not crazy so times. did uh people don't people that have never been in the ocean also don't realize how lonely that is out there oh my god i mean you it's, are a, it's the darkest of the dark yeah you're you're just a grain of sand yeah well, it's all you are on the beach I mean, basically that was kind of our thing with with that that fishing trip right it was like you know at one point it was like all right guys like i i was never afraid of dying mm -hmm. like me and peyton prayed together and i mean that trip made me and peyton blood i mean we're yeah. so tight after that and, you just don't want to suffer right right and it was like guys like you know, we're not going to die. 
worst case, we float all night in the Gulf and hope we get fucking found. Because right. that's the thing, dude. I mean, there ain't no guarantees. Oh, hell no. I mean, it's huge. There's people go, go out all the time. All you see. the time. There was a guy this year duck hunting somewhere off the Texas coast. They never. I don't think they have still haven't found him God, yet. It's sad, man. But you just. But you you got to feel so helpless. Oh yeah. I mean, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not scared of water. I'm not scared of drowning at all. I don't give a shit at all. Water does not bother me. But when you're out on them boats and that stuff. It, just one little bad thing can happen oh, to yeah. change up. I get more worried about eating by a fucking shark oh, than yeah. I do anything else. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. When we were filming this year with On the Road with Boss, we mm-hmm. were off Venice, and we were fishing by the gas gas wells, oil wells. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were. but yeah, the, yeah. The, And we're fishing right there, and we hooked up a big shark, mm-hmm. and we fought for one at breaking up off right at the boat. But while we were fighting it, I'm thinking, there's something a whole lot bigger than that down below that. Yeah, I mean, there's shit we don't even know. No, and I'm thinking these motherfuckers go diving. I got buddies that spearfish at them things. I'm yeah, thinking there is used no to, yeah. way in hell because, like I said, I like water. I want to be somewhere where it's clear, mm-hmm. like off of Key West, mm-hmm. you know, where I can see all the way down. And then last year we were snorkeling off of the the trench there outside of Cosmail, mm-hmm. and we got to where it was 100 foot of water and you could see, and 200 foot of water, and then all of a sudden it got murky and it was 2,000 feet. And I got the heebie-jeebies. Hey. I was like, fuck, there's something underneath me yeah. that's, uh, I just don't. It's like swamp people. It's like, don't yeah. stick your hand in there. Well, here, here, <laughs> here's the issue with being an overnourished person compared to the 103-pound guy. Right, right. If you're hunting, you always kill the biggest fucking thing you can see. Right. So in that right. water. Well, animals think of the same thing. The fish wants a fat guy. He don't want skinny guys. like, that's too many bones there. I want to fucking enjoy right. that meal. That's right. But, yeah, we do We do go fishing out of Venice. Um, one of our charters, uh, Gulf of America. Um, Adam Peterson down there with his captains, uh, Captain Martha and uh, Joe Von Tron, he just recently picked up, who's a big YouTube guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we do all of our fishing down there. They're, they're our top fishing charter. Well, I love my time in Venice last year. It's, it's an amazing place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unlike any place I've ever been. Oh, I agree. It's yeah. uh, They're in the Cypress Cove Marina. I'm, I haven't been to the Venice Marina have before, it. but all I know, it was fucking hot. It is hot. And it was neat. We stayed, slept on the water. Mm hmm. I love the Mississippi River. Fishing in the Mississippi River and catching sheep's head and trout mm-hmm. and shark just is an amazing place. Everybody needs to see that estuary down there. Yeah. And it's unlike any place in the world. Yeah. Southern Louisiana is an amazing oh, place. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, living six years in Baton Rouge, I, we never even fished off the, the Mississippi. The closest thing I did to the Mississippi River. Um, so a lot of the uh, the LSU strength coaches, um, they're all big gun guys. Mm-hmm. And that's how we connected on stuff, talking about guns, going shooting and stuff like that. And, they knew all the cops in town, so it was never really a big issue. So me and Tori and some of the other football guys, we'd go behind the levee next to the Mississippi, and we would just mag dump and just <laughs> unload and target shoot. And the cops ever came out, we're like, hey, we're LSU. And they're like, okay. Yeah, if, you play, <laughs> yeah. if you play football at LSU, you get a free pass. Oh, pretty much everything, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, when I went to Tigerland, I mean, I didn't, I didn't pay for drinks except for like a couple bucks. I'd, I'd tip my bartender and mm-hmm. – we didn't have to pay for shit. I mean, it was it was a good time. Did they get rid of that? They got rid of the suck the tiger dick chant, didn't they? They did, but our fans have found a way to pretty much say it to whatever the band's playing. So <laughs> they got rid of the actual song "Neck" is is what they <clears> coined yeah. it. The last time, <clears throat> the last time they played it when I was there was when Odell paid the fine. He went out there and oh, told the right. band director, he's like, "Play the song," and he's like, "No, I'll get in trouble. The fine, whatever." He goes, "I'll pay the fucking fine." What, what is it. the fine? I don't know, it was like twenty five grand or something like that. It was Fuck nothing. It, that's, that's a ten cents might, per it, it, person. That's maybe there. I'm missing a zero. It might be two fifty. I don't know, but wow. it, it was expensive. Why? Um, why? 
outside of LSU, mm-hmm. I could understand why other people get upset. That's your home fucking deal. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it's it's exciting, it's fun, it's a good chant, but I mean, you know, when, when you think families and kids and stuff yeah. like that. They're at know. an LSU football game. No, you're right. Yeah. You, you are take right. your kid to an oil wrestling match, you expect to see a titty pop out uh, every once Well, you're right, you're right. <laughs> I mean, you know, they probably see worse shit tailgating, to be honest with you. Kids today hearing suck that tiger dick. Yeah, they they got TikTok and all that. They know that. I could see your boys chanting it. Jameson would be all about that <laughs> no, shit. No, because whenever they, they do a good job of leaving out the, the curse words. The boy, your boys do? Yeah. Yeah, but if they were part of that crowd, they would love it. I, 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 they would say penis. Right. And that would wear That would wear me out. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I do not like so, the proper word. Vagina and penis is yeah, not. Yeah, it's kind of grody. And my grand, I mean, Jameson, the other day, uh, yeah, he, he hit me in my penis. I go, what? <laughs> hit your penis? That's, that's your, that's, that's your cock. There it is. Suck that tiger dick, bitch. How many do they fit in that stadium? Oh man, a hundred and something thousand now, I believe. Really? Something like that. When they built the upper deck. So I would film, um, I was in the south end zone uh, right under the suites. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's a few games my parents were in the suites, and I knew some friends in the suites that would, like, lean over and I'd high-five them or, like, wave. I mean, I was literally, if you if you look up a picture of Tiger Stadium, I can point it out where my, my video platform was. But, I mean, you know, we were taught to not be fans. You know, I mean, we couldn't because we were next to, like, the CBS or the ESPN guy and the opposing, the visitors. You're supposed um, to be professional. It was very professional. So I, I almost had to, like, relearn how to be an LSU uh, Tiger profe- fan. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. you can't probably participate in neck. Yeah, no. Now, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. We were going ape shit when we won the championship. Really? Yeah. Just all bets are off? Oh, yeah. There it is. Yep, that's Suck it. That's Tiger there's the There's a student-athlete section right there. And then off to the right where they're showing now, that's the student section. That's a big stadium. Every time we go by it, I, me and Michelle got invited to a game a couple years ago. One of our clients is from down there, and they invited us. And yeah. we, we were dove season. We were busy. But yeah. I think that would be a great experience to go see. And I I hate the Texas Aggies. I'm a Texas guy, and I'm not an Aggie fan. But Texas A&M has got <laughs> great, yeah. great traditions. Oh, they do. As good they as traditions. Do. I mean, they had boy-boy dances up until like 10 years ago, but – Right, they they have great traditions. Oh, and yeah. It's a great school. It is it a is. very good. school. Their band is is incredible. They the have, marching that they do is it's incredible, and it's one of the few conservative it is colleges left in our country. Yeah, yeah. But well, it, I mean, hey, let me know what LSU game you guys want to go to. I'll give you all a full tour. So, if you look, um, I want to go watch when the horns come to LSU and win next year. Let's mm. get tickets. I can get y'all. So, um, where the purple end zone is right there. Mm-hmm. If you go up a little bit before the the upper deck. Like, if you go straight back right there, that's where I was. It was a little concrete platform. Those are the suites inside of there. Um, and then our other guys on the north end zone would film where it says LSU down at the bottom. You can actually uh, – up, up oh, above. Right yeah, yeah. So you that's you could actually get in that. Um, really? Yeah, it's it's open. And so our guys would film in there and underneath it. You cannot be- – we have a good friend of ours, Ryan Fox, very good friend. He's like family. He's like another one of our kids. Mm-hmm. And been around forever. It was in Andy's wedding. I mean, great, great, great friend of ours. He graduated from Tennessee. Okay. And so all he does is SEC, 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 SEC. That's all I ever heard. Mm-hmm. And what kills me about the SEC is is that if your fans don't win, if your team don't win, then it's the other SEC school. That's right. You know, you got the whole conference. The That's they, right. They take the whole conference. So, but it is the best football conference in the United States. Now, my team is now playing a part of that, and I'm not excited about that because I think it's going to cost us a national championship down the road somewhere. Mm-hmm. I really do. But, and, and I think all the new teams, all the as big as the SEC and the Big Ten are going, I think they're going to hurt their chances. Yeah. Now, if you can come number one out of that conference, 
You ain't you, yeah. you're, you're way off. And I think the SEC is so much more mm -hmm. powerful than the Big Ten is. I think so too. It, it, it you know every year it's like and they just keep throwing Michigan and Ohio State and you know uh, USC and all these guys high up on the rankings. It's like why you know? Right. And I mean, look, get it this year? Yeah, they won, right? But usually it's not like that. If Auburn would not have uh, given up that the end of the game, they fucking got out coached in the game, and Saban won the game. But if Alabama loses that game, then the whole big the whole playoff deal is completely different. Yeah. I mean, it just just some little things that happened. But I think if they played, I think if Alabama and Michigan played five times, I think Alabama would have won three of them. Yeah, I really do. They should have won so that too. game anyways. Yeah, they should have. Washington just wally lopped Texas, and then Texas come back and had a chance to win. And I was really surprised by that. Yeah. Um, I think Alabama's done for a while. I don't think this new coach is going to be what's that. I think Alabama's going to go through the same thing that all these other schools are going to, USC. Mm -hmm. You can buy players all you want, but you've lost the leverage that Saban had because he was such a disciplinarian, and those kids yep. wanted to play for Nick Saban. Yep. I don't think the new guy's going to have that. I don't think so either. I don't, to be honest, I don't think any coach will ever have that again. No, look he at was, Clemson. Yeah. They've, the NIL has killed Clemson. That, that's what I'm saying, man, the NIL and – I mean, he, he can't take away their Charger keys anymore, their Hellcat yeah. keys. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's, <laughs> Georgia's been kind of holding on the steel. Ohio State, I hate Ohio State. I do too. And I've got tons the of Ohio. We have, we have tons of Ohio people that listen to this, and I talk about this all the time. It's, there's not an easier fan to hate than Ohio State. I mean, they just make it so easy yeah. to hate them. But God almighty, outside of Alabama, they're the most consistent school when it comes to putting getting good athletes year they in and year good. out. Yeah, they are good. And Ohio just has that kind of stigma about them. In fact, I was in Hawaii. So when, when Mallard Bay first started, the, the year we launched, I went to Hawaii that summer, and I was calling outfitters. I was waking up at 5 a.m. every morning because it was a five-hour difference, and I yeah. was calling outfitters over here just trying to sell the idea, basically, of what we were going to be and, and what we had so far. And uh, we met a guy that actually was on the team that built the Pfizer vaccine. Yeah, we were sitting at the bar. It was during COVID, right? Yeah. I mean, we launched in 2021. And uh, so vacation had just started to be a thing anymore. You still had to wear masks and get tested and all that shit. But um, we're sitting at the bar, and I'm, I'm just kind of shooting the shit with the guy. I, I, one, I've never met a stranger. Um, and two, everybody always says, if, if I can talk to a brick wall and it's going to fall before <laughs> I stop. I mean, I just, I, that's how I was born, man. And, and yeah. I'm just outgoing and, and extroverted. And uh, we always say, look, you're, you're my friend until you're not. If you mm -hmm. give me a reason not to be, then, then it's fine. But until then, we're friends, right? Right. And... Um, just shooting the shit with this guy and his family, and uh, he had a drawstring bag that said Pfizer on it. And when I asked him what he did, because he asked me what I did, and I told him all about Mallard Bay and everything else, um, I said, well, what do you do? And he goes, oh, well, I have a, a PhD in organic chemistry. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, but, but what do you do? Right, yeah, what you I, have, I, I, right? Don't fucking, I don't know. Yeah. Where, yeah. And, where, where do uh, I go from here? Yeah, and he, he points to the bag and says Pfizer. And I'm like, no shit. I'm like, do you do you know the guys that, that made the vaccine? He goes, I was one of them. Oh, shit. Like, no shit. <laughs> you dumb fucker. And, yeah. After that, it got it got a little yeah. sour, right? But yeah. uh, it was funny. He was like, I'm, and it was it was a small bar, you know. It was on uh, one of the resorts. I bet and, he ain't uh, going around bragging about that shit anymore. Hell no. <laughs> he gets ass Hell bull. no. But uh, he said, um, <laughs> he said, yeah, I'm from Ohio, and the entire bar goes, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like everybody. Was, <laughs> um. But yeah, the vaccine is is something interesting to talk about, um, especially being at LSU football during the COVID years, because yeah. it started off where it was very uncertain. No one knew what was going to happen, especially with the season. Anybody that took the first shot, I don't hold that down against you at all. Uh, I, we were yeah. scared to death. I almost I, took the first shot. I, and I agree. But I, when you I take will, your eighth booster, you're a dumb fuck. Yeah, man. It, it's kind of like a flu shot in a way, right. you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and look, I don't, I don't judge anybody from doing it or not doing it. I just have my personal beliefs and what I feel like what I thought was right. And mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't get it. 
um but uh that year it was like hey you know we all get tested like three times a week and everything else and then they were like you're never gonna have to take the vaccine we're just gonna have to get you tested cool you know and then it was like hey um we can't do tests anymore so if you're not going to get vaxxed you have to pay for it fine no problem at all you know did that for a little while and then they were like hey um so you have to get the vax to work and i said well i'm i'm not going to get it and they're like well like what are you going to do and i was like well can i work and they said no and i said you're going to take away my scholarship and he said no i said well then call me when i can work <laughs> i'm not getting it right and I, I was like one of i think like three people in the entire athletic organization that didn't get it and i mean i was like dude look i i will do every test possible i'll wear mm -hmm. a mask i'll work you know we had big like 50 foot towers that we'd film from and, and i was always away from everybody so I'm yeah like, i'll go i'll go through a side gate get up there and leave after and clorox my camera i don't give mm -hmm. a shit i want to work and it just it just didn't happen well that's it was a we're looking back now it was just a terrible hoax played on this yeah. uh, the people in the world yeah the whole thing and it's is all about money and we know that in an election and whatever it went but i am really 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 surprised that we haven't had some repercussions done to the people that come up with this shit mm -hmm. and i'm not talking about taking some money away from them i'm surprised some mom and dad that didn't lose a 13 year old boy fucking swimming and just drops dead or a soccer player somewhere a football player mm -hmm. that someone ain't went and fucking put somebody's foot in somebody's well, ass everybody seems to sweep it under the rug when yeah, it happens it just right? blows my yeah i mean but everybody knows athletes, you know if if a guy if in tonight's nba game if a guy drops dead mm -hmm. everybody behind the scenes is saying well I wonder if he got vaxxed mm -hmm. how many times have you seen someone die and you say i bet he got vaxxed just died suddenly just yep yeah somebody just the other well, day died I mean, it's, it's always your first question yep right uh, I, I'll give you an example. There was a a, a, a kid that uh, just just like last week we had they had a young high school kid in Texas died in a uh, a, a fishing tournament, and I, I'm I'm not trying to be disrespectful to his family at all, and that's why I'm trying to watch kind of care what I say. Yeah, but it was on a page, and some friends of mine knew the kid, and I they prepared for him, and he died. CPR died from him. Mm -hmm. Seventeen year old kid at a fishing dock just fall over, is dead. And they said, we had a blood clot. Well, that's what it's been what, happening. It's always but, been a blood clot. But when I tell you it's a blood clot, what do you think it is? Vaccine. Bingo. Immediately think vaccine. And yeah. everybody behind the scenes says that, but you don't want to say that on a page because you look like an insensitive yeah. asshole. Yeah. But that's what everybody's thinking. Everybody's thinking that kid got that vax mm. and he died of a blood clot. And then I had to bring that up with my brother. My brother's a tinfoil hat wearer. But some of the things Tony's really on turning out as Tony looks smarter and smarter as the years go by sometimes. <laughs> and um, he made me listen to Alex Jones the other day. Mm -hmm. And Alex Jones is one of those guys. If he tells you something's going to happen now, five years from now, he's right. Yeah. They can sue him for all the money in the world. They and the typical they bullshit. And yeah. it's the stupidest shit ever because he wasn't no part of any of that. No. It's a dumbass deal, just no different than Trump and this real estate shit. Mm -hmm. But he said, and he had a doctor on from England, and then he had a guy that owns a, a funeral home. And they are pulling out these big plastic-looking things out of your Dude, blood it's veins. Freaky as shit. That's right. Mm -hmm. But nobody freaky. talks about it. That yeah. should be the number one story in the news right now. Yeah. And Alex Jones is talking about it. So that means about twenty thirty, we're going to be like, so another some bitch died from the damn. Yeah. Uh, it's got these big long yeah. blood clots in them. 
Well, where'd those long blood clots come from? It had to be coming from the vaccine. Yeah. In the history it, it of the world, it's from, never. No. No. And they said they're almost alive, and they had video of it and stuff. Yeah. And this guy said, people need to talk about this. He goes, this is what we're seeing in these big funeral homes now. Yeah. We're seeing young people, and when you do, when you, he said they started, I get, they call it bloodletting when they, they bleed them out right, to, right, right. to bury them, to put them out, and it would get getting clogged up, and they couldn't figure it out. What's these big old blood clots? Yeah. Just big old mm. chunks of plasticky mm. looking shit. Well, you feel so bad for the people that that did it out of fear. They yeah. had you know? to. No, and they had, or they most, had to. In most medical, people that did, yeah, or in any kind of medical profession or profession or, or schools or anything like that. It was, I mean, it was almost forced, which mm -hmm. is against HIPAA, right? You know, yeah, they, should have been. It's yeah. it's rules for me and not for thee. Yeah, they're they're so all about that shit. Anyways, we've got a. Liberals are just dumb. We've got one that lives in Knox City, and he's always got fucking signs. He lives by Andy, and he's got signs in his yard, democracy. And it's at least spelt right. I'll give him that. But it's always Joe Biden this, a Democrat this. He's got a sign now for Nikki Haley in his yard. Are you a fucking liberal or I are you a that. Republican? We, we passed by yes. his house. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is Nikki Haley sign up? He's hand pencil. They don't even call their damn yeah, office yeah. to get ones in. But so are you a Democrat or are you for Nikki Haley? I mean, what's going on here? And I think he's just confused. I don't know. He's big time. Fucking, if you vote Democrat, you're fucking confused. Yeah. If you have a job, a job, and you're an American citizen, mm -hmm. and you vote for a Democrat, you're a dumbass. Yeah. I hate to tell you this. If you listen to this, it pisses you off. Don't listen to this again. I don't give a shit. You're that stupid. If you vote for a Democrat right now, you're dumb as hell. Bottom line to that deal. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I've, I've got some Democrats in my family, and—, and it's just when you when you talk to them and you really talk out the facts and everything mm -hmm. else, they start to kind of wonder, like, because, I mean, it was a big thing, especially in, in, in the poorer community, like, my, I mean, my dad grew up in. You know, my dad grew up a registered Democrat, grew up on a dirt road in South Lake Charles. So it was kind of just what you were at the time. It's right. different Democrats there, But it is different Democrats. It's right. Um, I mean, hell, in fact, <clears throat> if you think about political parties-wise, I mean, the first Republicans were freed slaves in, in the Union, you know? Yes. I mean, it was... Which they don't teach you in school, right? Um, the, if you look at the Democrats, have a long line of being on the wrong side of the, a yeah. long history of being on the wrong side of what's right. Yeah, forever. Yeah, I almost wish it wasn't even a two party system. Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah. just, you know, I I'm I'm telling you right now, I am still on the fence about who I'm going to vote for this year. Huh? I really, really, really like Kennedy. He's anti gun. Yeah. No, he's not. He know. never said that. Okay. Well, never I'm going to tell you that. right now, I'm voting for Donald J. Trump. Telling you right now, if Donald J. Trump wasn't riding, was not in this election, and I had to vote and I had to choose between Kennedy and dumbass, I would vote for Kennedy. But I'm telling you right yeah. now that I probably wouldn't even vote. I'm not going and carrying no water for no fucking Republican. I don't. I don't have no use for them. Like Mitch McConnell now is going to come out and endorse Donald Trump. Donald Trump don't need his fucking endorsement. There is nothing Mitch McConnell's going to say. Nobody likes Mitch yeah. McConnell. Yeah. You know, but they keep getting elected because the party set up to keep those guys in power forever. I am for anybody that the media says I should be against. <laughs> that's well, a good point. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, that's yeah. pretty much Donald Trump. 20, 2016, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were, but they're they're that way for Kennedy too. Like anytime Kennedy opens his mouth, they spend hours and tons of money trying to discredit everything that he said. So, yeah. to me, that's kind of like, oh well, he's obviously speaking the truth. If the media is like, oh no, we can't, yeah. we can't listen to anything this guy well, says. Why don't they let him make it? Why don't they? Why don't they let? The Democratic Party is as crooked as ever. They were when fucking Hillary ran, and she mm -hmm. got all the questions given to her before, right. and, all, and they the just answers. swept it up. And Bernie Sanders has got no fucking nuts. Oh God, that's a, that's the first transgender in this America because that <laughs> son of a bitch ain't got a dick. There's no way that he's a man because him just he just falls over every time. Mm -hmm. And then Joe Biden's ninth last 
last time we had election in the primaries, then all these people fold and quit so he can have it. They're all fucking pussies. Yeah. But I mean, he's a puppet, right? He's I mean, a, he's yeah. not a, he's, he's not a, run this country. He, I mean, there's no a, doubt about it. He's a, yeah. And every one of them, but why would you not, if you're all for these fair elections and stuff, why would you not have Kennedy up there against running the primary against Joe Biden? Mm -hmm. Well, he's an independent now, but, but he wouldn't have been if they'd have let him on the democratic ticket. Well, but why wouldn't they? But I don't know that. I don't think that anytime there's an incumbent president that they have, I think that's just standard. no. It's not. I think it is. No, it's not. They just don't. They usually nobody ran against Trump when they, he was running in 2020. Like now they can't either because he's too popular. Nikki Haley's still running. We're still having a but, primary. But, but, yeah, but, but I think anytime that there's an incumbent president, the the RNC or the DNC says we're not having a primary. This is our guy. They. They still would allow someone to run. They just couldn't. So. They couldn't win. Mm -hmm. Do, if you look in 2020, someone else was on the ticket in those states as a primary against Donald Trump. It might have been some wacko pastor in some small town, but there was somebody there to vote for. They're keeping John, they're keeping Kennedy off that deal because they're afraid. I think he it would helps win. Kennedy because I think so many people. I would not have voted for Kennedy if he had a D attached to his name, but now that That's he's got point, an yeah. I. I'm I, I'm all for Kennedy. I mean, we might see one of the biggest independent votes of all time. One hundred percent. The only reason we so. got Bill Clinton was because H. Ross Perot ran against George Bush. But that I think cost George Bush. There's the going to be a huge turnout for Clinton because he's growing and he's Kennedy, growing. At you mean? A, uh, yeah, yeah, Kennedy. Yeah. He's growing at an exponential rate yeah, right I, now. I'm not disagreeing with you on that, but the Democrats don't want a fair deal because they don't want to put him on the deal because he would end up winning. And if if you and some other people out here pundits think that. Joe Biden is going to get booted off and they're going to add someone else. They don't want Joe Kennedy or Kennedy to be that guy because Kennedy is not a yes man for the Democratic Party. Right. I don't I don't mind Joe uh, Kennedy. Is it it's Joe Kennedy, right? Robert Robert Robert, Robert, Robert yeah. Kennedy. I keep calling it. Joe Kennedy's the senator from Louisiana that I like so much. Yeah. Robert Kennedy is a I it's like Mark Cuban. I can't stand Mark Cuban, but if he was the president on the Democratic side, I'd feel good cuz he's a businessman and I just, I just, Biden is just an empty suit. It's been a train wreck for America. There's nothing in our country that's good right now. Nothing. That border and all the, just it's all the sad. crap. It's, it's very sad. And people up north, when, when we travel a lot, and I'm, anybody up north goes, is the border as bad as the media says? I said, no, it's a thousand times worse. It's a thousand times worse. But, but they don't want to show you how bad it is because they want to pull on your heartstrings about these poor families that just want to get an opportunity to come to America and live the American dream. What's the fucking American dream? To be overtaxed? All your fucking money can go Dude, to Ukraine? I, that's so ridiculous. Ukraine is another big topic we can talk about, mm -hmm. man. I'd, in fact, I was talking to, uh, to Dirk on the way up here with Boss and... Uh, you know, talking about the gunpowder shortage and everything that's going on right now. And I didn't realize that Ukraine is sending off 10,000 howitzer rounds a day. At mm -hmm. 17 pounds of powder per howitzer. That's crazy. Yeah. We were talking right. like how many shotgun shells would 17, po 17 oh pounds God. of powder make? One day would probably be about 10 or 20 years worth of shotgun shell. So it powder. says right here, several states in 2020 decided to cancel their primary in caucuses. They cited the fact that Republicans canceled several state primaries when George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush sought a second term in 92 and 2004. Respectively, the Democrats scrapped some of their primaries when Bill Clinton and Barack Obama were seeking election in 96 and 2012. After, after. No. After, hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. The Michelle, let me finish. Okay. During the election cycle, the first couple of ones they still had primaries for. They're fixing to cancel the Republic ones because Nikki, fucking I'm spending your money, Haley, is going to drop because she ain't got a chance in hell. So when she drops out, they'll cancel the rest of them primaries. But they had them at first. Someone tr wanted to run against them, but they couldn't win, so they dropped out. That happens. 
I think this is a totally different thing than what you're saying right here. No, it's, it's not. It's happened since 92. Yes, because it's been cut and dried who's running, and there's nobody to beat them. That's what that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying. But who says that there's no way that can beat them other than the DNC and the RNC? When you get, right now, we've had five primaries. Yes. Nikki Haley is done. I, she I, should have been done totally two years ago. So they're going to cancel them. As soon as she says, I'm done, they're going to cancel them. They run out of money fast. That's what's happened. Before 92, you had actually people stayed in the race longer because it was competitive. The Republicans and the Democrats canceled them. The DNC and the RNC scrapped the primaries because... Several. Not every fucking one. You can't read. They decided because the God damn, they were listen. running. Yes, but there was nobody to run against them, so they canceled them. They did them at first. There was people that ran against them. I disagree. It says it right fucking there. It says they cited the fact that Republicans canceled several state primaries. They didn't cancel every fucking one of them. They probably didn't they're, even We're get still to, having primaries. We've only ran five out of 50 states. But they're not going to cancel the primaries. They're fixing to cancel them when Nikki Haley no, drops not. that. They're going to go through Super Tuesday and everything else. They have to. When Super Tuesday ends on Tuesday, Nikki Haley's going to get out. I disagree. She's going to be in for the bitter end because she thinks that Trump is going to get indicted and not be able to run, and then she's going to be the person. She still won't be the fucking president. She won't even be the candidate. I'm just telling you why. Okay, she's okay, stay okay. But that's what that's t- that same thing happened when George, but the Bush guys were in, and when Clinton and Barack Obama did. By the time they got done with Super Tuesday, there was nobody that was going to run against them, so they just dropped them. That's what they're saying. They didn't cancel them all the way. That we've never had a year where they would not let someone else be on the Democratic ticket other than Joe Biden. You can't tell me a Democrat out there right now is not thinking this is what the fuck we got to choose from. That's it. That's the best I, we got. I, I do think a lot of people woke up. You know, and they're, they're yes. seeing a lot of this shit. You're seeing all these black celebrities come out. The, the, we're gonna call it. We're gonna call it what it is. The Democrats have been using the black people for their vote since Linda Ben Johnson got off. That's what they've done forever and ever. We didn't. And and me and Tony got in this argument the other day about stolen election. Well, they stole an election. It's not the first fucking election was stolen. A lot of people think that Al Gore. One, and George Bush, the deep state cheated for George Bush. I used to hate that because I like George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. I have no use for him. I think he's a no good, sorry liberal now. You go to the other side, I think that John F. Kennedy was put in office because they cheated in Texas to win that and in Illinois. Well, JFK was all tied up with CIA and all of, that shit. Of course, yeah. all that shit. And he, they, they didn't like him because he was against the war machine. Mm-hmm. He did not want us to go to Vietnam. Yeah, That's what that was all about in all the Cuban shit. Yeah. And that's what yeah. – that's that's all this has happened – Joe Biden is a puppet. They control his ass. They can't control Kennedy. They can't control Donald Trump. That's Mm -hmm. why. The deep state would love for Donald Trump to be on their side. They would support him 100% because everybody in America would. Absolutely. If if, if the deep state supported Donald Trump, Donald Trump would win 90% of the vote because he's good for all of America. Yeah. But he's not for the war machine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, talking about the vaccine earlier, especially like Kennedy's got a lot to say on that. I mean, look what happened to his voice. Yes. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And he's the only one I've ever heard that happen to. Um, but, but that's his, his voice was about. from the Vax. That's what he said. Hmm. So he yeah. wasn't that way ten years ago. I I haven't looked up an old video of him. But Andy, that's, you're that's a Kennedy guy. He Am started, I wrong? Uh, he started losing his voice. He was still practicing law. Oh. Um, I can't remember what they call it, but basically his vo- his uh, vocal cords are paralyzed. Yeah. He, he is a true libertarian candidate, though, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I mean, he, he is. I want a, somebody that can that can see both sides of an argument because yeah. I am I am not I. I have my beliefs, but that doesn't mean that I can't see where somebody else is coming from. Well, you can't read. Yeah. We obviously figured that out a minute ago. 
but that doesn't mean that I can't see your ignorance. <laughs> see, here we go. I mean, you know, I see where I see where you know you're so boxed into one corner. Hey. I, I see your ignorance, and that's fine. But I, you know, I I I'm I'm not so far off to one side that it's like, well, I can't see the reasoning behind some. Now, yeah. if you know, if you have a hard time articulating it, that might be one thing. But I can always kind of see the flip side to every argument. Yeah, I, I'm all about fairness. I'm all about hearing somebody out. Yeah. Um, and, and talking about it, but you know. I, I, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I, I am very opinionated. Everybody knows that. But my time spent as a judge, I also see things for what's fair and what's right or wrong. True. No matter True. what I thought about it, I never, ever did anything on my beliefs. Absolutely. It was over what the law says. This is the rules. This is what we got to go by. Um, I think me and Tony had a big argument the other day. We argued pretty good for about 30 minutes. We were stuck in a truck together mm. over guns. Mm -hmm. And his deal is, well, they're going to take our guns away. They're going to steal the election. They're going to bring these illegals in here. They're going to vote. And then he goes, w what's going to happen when they bring all these uh, Chinese guys and they put them in our army because they're going to give them citizenship? And I told him, I said, Tony, if you serve our country for six years, you deserve to be a citizen of this country. I said, they've done that for years for people. Yeah, but when they take our guns away, these guys are going to come. I go, what makes you think they're going to take our guns away? Well, they're going to. It's going to happen. I go, I said, that's what the far right does. The far left, they push abortions and gay marriages. That's their big thing to get people going on. They're gonna, you won't have women's rights to do this shit. Yeah, you can drive to fucking New York State where you can have an abortion. Yeah. Or you can move to California and have an abortion. You can have abortion still. You gotta go. Well, I said, so that's how they do fire up their base. I said, the right does the same thing with guns. They're gonna take your guns away. What gun rights have we lost in the last two hundred and fifty years? Except for a bump stock, I don't think anything really, and that's legal now again. I think. What have we lost? No, I mean nothing. Nothing. You're gonna piss off a bunch of far right people. I don't give a shit. It's the truth. Though. Maybe I can try to find something. Maybe but, I, I, I don't know. Well, that's how that's how significant it is. You're gonna try to find something. Well, but I, they they took away your right to go buy shotgun shells when you're 12 years old at at, at Walmart. They took away your right to buy a gun without some time delay to make sure you're not dealing. I don't have a problem with that. I don't either. Now, I, I've got some friends of mine that are going to get really mad at me, and a couple of them come to my mind in my head. I don't want to say their names, <laughs> but they're going to be pissed, and they're going to send me a message about why it's their personal freedoms, blah, blah, blah. I don't have a problem on five days to go buy an AR-10 or AR-15. I really don't. Or a 22 Marlin 20, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Just because the simple fact there's some guy that's going to get mad at his old lady or his guys at work and go buy a gun, go back and shoot somebody up maybe. So if you have a five-day cooling period or, right. or 48 hours, I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. Yeah, and, and you know, in, in talking about ARs and, and actually, um, funny enough, well, I mean, we'll get into this in a little bit, but we just got on uh, two Norwegian interns from Rice uh, Business School to help with Mallard Bay do some stuff and learn business so they can apply it to businesses back in Norway. And, I mean, you know, Norway, they don't have any semi-automatic rifles. Everything's bolt or, or pump, and I believe it's a legacy thing, kind of like Sweden. Maybe not. I don't know. But it, it, it's harder to get a gun in Norway than it is in America. They right? have no defense um, budget either, hardly. They don't. They because, don't. Because the United States keeps them pussies from doing having to fight their own fights. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, when it comes to, like, ARs and stuff like that, you know, I'm, I am not worried about any kind of testing or waiting period or anything like that because I know I'm not a bad person. Right. You know, so it's it's the the people that are good people. I mean, I, I've got no problem with it, you know, and I'm an AR owner, you know. I've got – well, I lost mine in a boating accident. Yeah, yeah, I used yeah, to have yeah, a couple yeah. of them. Right, yeah. But – forgot about that. But <laughs> – All that damn water out here. If, you know? if, if, if I want to buy a gun – I don't have it to have it right now. There is no yeah. reason for me to say I've got to have a shotgun right now today. Right. Or whatever it is that they make me fill out a paperwork. I think last time I filled out paperwork, I had to wait a big whopping 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and I was walking around Academy with Michelle, I bought a shotgun or something. It took me 15 minutes to get yeah. it. But if they just said, you got to come back the next day or the next day, Mr. Stanfield, I, I, I would, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Cause I've never had to have a gun. I've got to have right there. Yeah. And most people I know have never had that situation. Mm-hmm. I got guys come up here and hunt all the time that have lost a gun or something broke or blah, blah. Guess what? I got a gun you can borrow. Oh, absolutely. So I've never been anywhere where you had to have a gun right now. The people that have to have a gun right now usually are in the back. They're, they're trying to do something that, yeah, that they yeah. shouldn't be doing. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have a problem with that. But these people talk like that's well, we're losing our freedoms and freedoms. Well, we we maybe we did on that deal a little bit, but to me, it's just not that big a deal. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really care one way or the other. But I think that the far right uses guns as a scare tactic, like the left does abortion and gay marriage. One hundred percent. And and so Tony did not like me telling him that. Why? Because I, he didn't like to hear that shit. And then he told me, I said, and I, I'm not a liberal. God damn it, sounds like you're turning that way on me. <laughs> I go, I also told you in 2006 or whatever it was that I was done with George W. Bush. I thought he was a warmonger. And him and my dad used to get so fucking mad at me over that right. shit. Oh, they'd get madder in hell. I said, I'm just telling you right now. I said, I don't understand why we've got our kids in Afghanistan and Iran and Iraq. Bring them home. We yeah. don't need them there no more. I didn't I have agree. a kid in the military or nothing then, but just my friends that had been there had been there. We're, we're not doing nothing. Yeah. Leave them fuckers alone. I don't give a shit. I say send Israel about 500 nuclear weapons and let them fucking bomb <laughs> the shit out of that place. I think what we ought to do is every one of those little Kurdish tribes and all them people, mm-hmm. I don't know if the Kurds are bad or good, don't have a fucking clue, and I really don't care. I say we give them all a nuclear weapon that shoots three miles. Let <laughs> them just shoot each other. All, oh, fucking, they'll be yeah. done. It'd be a big glass factory by next year. <laughs> but Because I, I, I don't care. Yeah. That place is a shithole. It's been a shithole from when Jesus was here, and it's going to be a shithole when I'm long, long, long gone from here. But the problem is those people want to take their shithole ideas and come here and turn our areas to shithole. Yeah, and Dearborn, I mean, Michigan is a perfect example. Yeah, that, that's the scary thing about the border and everything going on is you notice they're all military fighting age males. Yes. And that's what is terrifying Or about fat it. people that are down that haven't – they ain't skipped no fucking meals. No, and they got an eye to – They don't have to move much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, even like the guy uh, – I mean, you could pull up the clip even. The guy that says, like, you you will know my name yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, what the shit is that? Yeah. You know, like, why was he not grabbed right, right. there? You know? Yeah. You look at a picture of Ellis Island in 1926. Just pick mm-hmm. a deal. And them motherfuckers coming over here – Look like refugees. Yeah, they are skinny. And my, I had my my kin folks came from here. That's where we came from, Ellis Island. You yeah. can go to Wall and you can find my family's name That's on there. Cool. Yeah. They came over because I've seen the Wall. Those people come over here for a better life. They were starving in Absolutely. Italy, and they came over here and they were starving in America until it took them a long time to get their shit. Yeah, they ain't coming over here fat with an iPhone no. and shit. No, they're not. You know, and they're, they're paying three to. I, I read a deal today. The drug cartels are charging five thousand dollars per person to bring them over here. Shut the fucking drug cartels down. You can't tell me no. if our Navy SEALs can find some fucking fat-ass Muslim terror guide in a tunnel in Afghanistan and blow him yeah. up. With, we can't blow up them fucking cartel houses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, there, there just might be too much money tied in, up there, in it with It's American all about government. money. Yeah, yeah. CIA's yeah. all involved in that shit. Oh, of course, of course. What what did what Putin say about the CIA? They're the ones that blew up the Nordstrom. That's what he said, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, fuck, he ain't got no reason to lie about that shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, yeah, you know, I, I'm all about people wanting a better life and coming over here the right way. And, and to be honest, I mean, the way our... our, our um, our citizenship system is it's 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 a little messed up you know i mean like i was talking with uh, one of our south african outfitters and uh, i mean dude he spent like something about 40 grand he's married to an american woman he's spent over 40 grand to get a citizenship i think he finally got it 
Um, but it's just like, why do I have to jump through all these hoops and do all yeah. these things when we've got people coming over the border and handed an iPhone, uh, you know, welfare and, and a house? And it's just not fair. You want a free vacation? Let me tell you how to get a free vacation <laughs> for everybody. You go to Mexico. You go to stay at a fancy resort, wherever at Mexico, Cabo, Cancun, Isla Mujeres. I don't care where you go to. Some place I can't even pronounce it where all the really rich people go. Right. And you go do that. Have them drop your ass off in Monterey, Mexico, or Matamoros, and then walk across the fucking border, and they're going to give you a gift card for $10,000. Fucking free vacation <laughs> right that there. crazy? We're going to go to Mexico tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. and you know what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to show a fucking passport to get Customs back, in, and all to that get back into yep. my country, yep. and I'm going to have to explain to them what I did in Mexico. Yep. But if you're Chinese or Guatemalan or Mexican or Salvadorian or whatever you mm. are, they don't ask you shit. No. And they give you money, and well, it's and, a fucked up system. And you've got that uh, that one case in Georgia Yes. Where the guy, illegal guy, bashed the bashed the girl's head in. Third time he'd been arrested already, and like nobody's even talking about it That's in the wild. mainstream because they don't want to because it doesn't yeah. fit their narrative. Same as the Kansas City chief shooting deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that would have been a white guy that did that shit, fucking yeah, it'd be yeah. all over yeah. fucking news. But it was two black kids, two thugs shooting some other thugs. And when I say thugs, I don't mean that racist. You're a thug if you're a piece of shit, mm-hmm. and they come in all colors. I do, but that's what they were. They're thugs. Yeah, and 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 they don't. You can't. You can't have nice things in a big city. No, no, you can't. Is Baton Rouge a lot unsafe than it was when you were there? You know, it's kind of funny. We So Peyton and I lived together for a few years in college, and our office was walking distance from our house. And I would say probably not even a quarter mile was Gardeer, which has the highest homicides per capita in Baton Rouge. So we heard gunshots all the time. <laughs> but they kept it all over there. They never came into where we were. Um, so, I mean, as far as unsafe, I mean, I, I never had a problem um, Tigerland is surrounded by Section 8 housing, so I wouldn't recommend like walking around outside of the bar drunk and mm-hmm. walking up and so down the street. So dark, it gets nervous. Uh, some places, yes. yes. Some places, yes. I mean, but I mean, even Houston now. You know, I mean, I live in Houston now. You know, I mean, New Orleans, one of the worst New places Orleans, in the world. Yeah, my, my family's from New Orleans, and so I, I mean, they don't even go in the city anymore because they're doing it in the in the broad daylight because right. the Latoya, the mayor down there, doesn't enforce anything. And so people are just doing it without any kind of consequences, and they just keep doing it. You know what we need? We need people in the big cities to quit voting by color. Mm. Go Vote by character. Mm-hmm. If you only want to vote for someone that's black, the inner city people, find you a good black person of character. There's tons of them out there. Ben Carson. Yeah, but, th- but guys like that don't want to run for office because they don't yeah. want the fucking headaches. Or yeah. They're too busy working to do that shit. But most of the people that represent these black people are pieces of shit. From Al Sharpton, Sheila Lee Jackson... Or Sheila Jackson Lee, whatever the, the chick in Houston. I, I believe Mark it's Max, just, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton. Yeah, <laughs> Maxine, that's the name, Reverend. I got in an argument with a, in Orlando Airport. He was there. In the You're same. the biggest pussy on earth, Jeff. I'm not either. <laughs> you are too. Al Sharpton walks from here to Ollie from Jeff Stanfield. You know what Jeff Stanfield does? This is what Jeff does when Al walks by. I can't wait to hear this. Sits on his fucking hands. No. Sat right on his hands. So don't don't come That's at me. Funny. There was a girl in our trip, and she was black, and she was all in love with him and stuff. And she was like, "Oh, he's running for president." I said, "He ain't gonna be fucking president." You he's had like, your chance to tell him whatever you wanted to. He did. He only had one bodyguard, Jeff. You could have fucking <laughs> head faked that bodyguard and got right in out of the grill. Yeah, he was, yeah, he, yeah. was he was within hearing distance of me, from me to you almost. And yeah. I said, "I go, don't act like that motherfucker's somebody important." I said, "He's a fake pastor," and if he really was fucking had the cloud, he thought he'd be riding in a private jet instead of fucking flying like us. That's a good point. He's a piece of shit. Flying spirit. Flying spirit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we're doing yeah. tomorrow. First class. Hell yeah, baby. First class in spirit. We're right. going to come back next week, and I'm going to have a spirit story, I'm afraid. I hope not. <laughs> no, it's all going to be yeah. fine. 
So Andy, I'm going on an airplane with Andy. Yeah, it's gonna be fucked up. And every time I go, and this is no shit. We we fly a lot together, and mm-hmm. what would you say half the time, Andy? We yeah, have a fucking problem over over, over half, half the time, and we fly American most of the time. Mm-hmm. But we have been stranded lots of places. One of the last trips we did for Boss, we were going to Ontario. They back us up from from the gate, twenty yards, fifty yards, maybe. And we've got like an hour and fifteen minute layover in, in o, at O'Hare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they back us up twenty fifty yards, and they're like, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen, we will be going back to the gate. Our yeah. right engine will not fire up." <laughs> oh shit! So like we're sitting hey, there. Thanks for letting we're us like, know. All right, there's 15 minutes. It's one of those like there's uh, 30 and, minutes, and then you're like, we're not making that. F- we're not making that connecting text flight. To Michelle, we are fucked, and so then Jesse was trying <laughs> to find us a flight from Chicago to Rochester, New York, where we had a rental. Everybody else was meeting us at Rochester. And we had a rental car, mm-hmm. and I was like, listen. So I'm on the phone with Ricky, and I'm like, listen, you get the rental car, and then if you can get us to Syracuse, we can get a ticket to Syracuse. We can meet you in Syracuse, or we'll fly to Montreal. And I said, we'll just meet y'all at the place if we have to. We can work it out. Right. They didn't have shit available. So we went from first class on American to riding in the middle of the fucking row on United. Oh, yeah, it was me, Jeff, and Tony, and we all had middle seats. Holy and we were shit. fucking happy to have them. <laughs> yeah, we were lucky as shit. Yeah, yeah. We were only like three and a half hours late. Yeah. But we shit. were very lucky. I didn't think we were going anywhere. We walked to that mm-hmm. American deal, and the lady was really nice and real nice lady, and she picked us up, and we went from first class to middle row. Yeah. And I never did get a rebate back from America. Did you get money back from American Airlines? No, I, I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. We got delayed uh, coming out of Houston going to Sheep Show, Peyton and I. And uh, it was one of the, it was when we had that freeze week. Mm-hmm. In, uh, oh, yeah, The yeah. big freeze. At the end of hunting season? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. late January? Yeah. Yeah, we had to ride. We got our flight canceled from Dallas, and we had to go fly to Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, we were we were sitting there, and uh, it was one of those things where you know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, get on the get on the mic, <laughs> yes, you know, fuck. and uh, you know, they're like, oh, we're bringing out the uh, the deicer, yeah. right? And it's like, when has Houston ever had to use a deicer? And they're <laughs> yeah. like, uh, the deicer doesn't work, <laughs> so right. we're gonna have to wait for it to warm up. And we're <laughs> right. like, shit. Yeah. So we flew to Sacramento, and we hopped in an Uber, and uh, I mean, great guy, a Marine veteran, it was an Uber driver, and he drove us to Reno, and uh, it was a fun show. First time at Sheep Show, mm-hmm. big fan of Sheep Show. Um, I didn't realize how much of a party it is. Oh yeah. Um, yeah I mean, yeah. the slogan really is "is come for the sheep, stay for the party." And so every night after the the convention, we'd go to the Pepper Mill Hotel. Dude, I ran a, a obstacle race in the hotel lobby. Oh, I, I guess outside of like one of the banquet halls, wearing a fifty pound stone glacier backpack, you know, raising money or whatever. And it was it's crazy, dude. That's a lot. Well, how much was the Uber from Sacramento to Reno? That'd be pretty expensive. One hundred and sixty bucks, something like that. That wasn't bad, bad at all. No. Not bad at all. Shit, it cost that much to go across town in New- Nashville. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does the. Uh, the hunting, the exhibit shows, I'm telling you what, you got to pace yourself. Absolutely. We, uh, a couple years ago, we went to Game Fair, and the guys at Pacific, threw, they threw like a big blowout party. Mm-hmm. They had fucking an inflatable boxing uh, ring, and like everybody I, I heard about there, that, yeah. duking it out. Like, they need to mow the yard next time. The Pacific guys, <laughs> they go hard in the paint. Oh, yeah, they do. He knows. He's part, we talked about him yesterday. Yeah, oh, yeah, really? yeah. Well, I mean, the last two dove hunts we've done with Hella Dry yeah. um, up in Lubbock with... Uh, um, Flying Ascent, you know, Trevor and mm-hmm. Zach. I don't think Trevor came to the first one. If no, I he came right. to the second one. Yeah, but he was there. And, uh, you know, we each company brought out a guy and did an interview um, with Donnie when he was working with Hella Dry. Now he is with nothing fancy. Yeah. But um, we're sitting there and, you know, me and Dirk both did our interviews in the Yeti chair. And then 
Trevor looks over and there's like a there's a little pond on the back of their property. All everybody gets in there or whatever, and uh, they have like a unicorn um, blow up floaty, you know. And so Trevor sits on the unicorn, and that's when he did his interview sitting on the unicorn. It was it was hilarious. He, he likes to have fun. Well, you were saying at uh, Delta last year, he was Little Rock, Arkansas, three o'clock in the morning. Oh, all the Pacific guys have segways, and they're just or not segways. Uh, the little scooters. Little, little scooters. I was there for a part you of that. Were there? Yeah, yeah I, I love the Taco scooters, Bell man. at three in the morning, yeah, going through the drive through. Uh, <laughs> it's a motor vehicle, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's supposed the to be. Funny thing is, is they drove across the bridge in Little Rock. To yeah, go eat. old Bart's has got a restaurant. Right yeah, there yeah, where they yeah. had the Shingear had a, yeah. a party. And I was there with Turtle Box. Okay, we were there. And we, we got there, and we kept waiting on – Trevor was texting. He goes, where y'all at? I said, I got in the back room. We get there at first. Michelle always wants to be in the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff's – I remember. That's where we, we were hanging out with you guys yes, in the back room. In the yeah, back yeah. room. Yeah, and so yeah. we went to the back room and sit down. She goes, everybody's in there. I said, this is the – it's cool and nice yeah. in here. So we went back in there, and then I talked to her to go back in there. Well, then everybody else caught on to where we were. People migrate where it's cool. And it was nice yeah. and cool in that room. And you and could talk. Nice, and you yeah. could talk yeah. and visit. The yeah. other room was all them young flat bill kids, and it was loud. <laughs> and I'm not that guy, so I yeah. like being in the back. We were there. Well, anyways, Trevor's like, we're going to be, we're late. Well, they come in late. I'm like, what took you so long? God damn, they, they, them, them electric scooters wouldn't cross the bridge. <laughs> they they cut off on them. Oh, they had to walk so they it. Go back to yeah, deal yeah. and then get a car and then come back to it. Yeah. But yeah, they, them boys have a, a lot of times. It's funny yeah. when, when people come to these shows, they don't realize all the back stuff that goes on. Oh my God. Because yeah. a lot of people thinks everybody's competitors there, mm -hmm. but everybody has their own group of people they're oh, friends yeah. with. And you, as, yeah. as you get in this, this, industry longer and longer you get to meet more people and, and and so you're more connected to people all the time my biggest thing i'm horrible with names mm -hmm. and people come up and i'll be I'll, all the time looking to say please if you're at a hunting show and you work there keep your name badge on please <laughs> at least i know who you are because yeah. I, I'll, I'll i can't remember the names yeah and i'll be like that's that guy from grumpy duck mm -hmm. but i can't remember his name and right. that'll be the guy from Shin, I can't remember the second guy's name or this or that. And I do that right. all the time. Andy's good with names. No, I'm terrible with names. Well, you're a lot better than I am because <laughs> I always rely on you. Hey, oh yeah. boy. Well, you meet yeah. so many people, you know. Right. And, and that's a big thing that that we're trying to throw at Delta. So, like I said, we're throwing a party July 26. All exhibitors are invited. Friends are invited. Industry people are invited. Um, and, we'll, and we'll talk more about it uh, after the show. Um, but we really want to bring everybody together. So, what I did was I called Brad Heidel with Delta. Um, and I was like, hey, you know. Basically, our idea for the party came about at Ducks this past year. You know, we threw a party. Did you did you come to our Ducks party? No, no we, we had the whole okay. family. We went golfing. Okay, we yeah. went to top golf that yeah, night. Yeah, I remember Dirk and, and the boss guys came. Um, but we had everybody there. And it was basically like, all right, guys, we can throw a party like everybody it else does. Poured down rain, didn't it? it? It did. Luckily, the party was like almost about done. And then thankfully, it held off for a time. But um, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, we, we could just rent out a bar and do like a thousand dollar bar tab, tab and yell at everybody this yeah. whole time, or we can do something different. So me, um, Patrick Fritz, who was with duck camp, then a Rome adventure company. Now he works at a ranch up in Oregon. Um, Eric Smith with turtle box and then, uh, Jason and Jordan with hella dry. We were like, let's throw something big. So in 10 days, we planned this party, 300 bucks per company. And we threw a party that fed 120, uh, exhibitors, Wagyu brisket, pork belly, um, a bunch of other barbecue from my good friend Brennan Lamb, who is with the Pitmaster Collective now. It's like a global collective of, of pitmasters that do events, catering, um, classes. Uh, basically, if you're a Pitco Pass member, um, you get discounts on a lot of outdoor brands, uh, barbecue brands, stuff like that. And you get like a special line at discounts where pitmasters are a Pitco uh, pitmaster. Um, but he threw this part or we threw this party at his buddy's house, Harley. It was like five minutes from Texas Motor Speedway. 
and big outdoor. He had a couple of longhorns walking around. We had a bonfire. We shot a flaming arrow into. <laughs> um, it was just a hell of a time, and it was just so good for everybody just to unwind, hang yeah. out outside, and just communicate and, and have a lot of you know fun and fellowship. And so that's kind of what we're recreating at in Baton Rouge. So we're doing it at Fred's on that Friday night. Um, we're gonna have a live band. I'm actually I'm. Um, my sister's going to open up for the live band. She's in a few different bands in Baton Rouge. She's a hell of a singer, and I know I'm biased, um, but Michelle Mallet, I'm, I'm plugging her here. <laughs> she's incredible. Um, I always say she sounds like uh, if you take Adele and Amy Winehouse and just push them together. She's got that. Who's Amy Winehouse? She's dead now. Oh, yeah, she she's passed away. Is um, she the dog caught song? What did she say? Uh, uh, she sang Valerie. She sang... Um, rehab. Rehab. I'm going to go to rehab. rehab. No, no, no. Yeah, you've probably heard her. <laughs> you've heard her. Jeff, um, Jeff does this. <laughs> Jeff's like, I don't know who they are. And then you play a song, like, oh, yeah, I listen to that all the yeah, time. Yeah. I don't listen to it all the time. I, don't, I think she, who sings the SPCA song? SP, what? what are that, R-E-S-P-E-C-T? No, that's, that's Aretha. <laughs> I know she's the, she's the queen of soul. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the song with the damn poor animals that are dying that they always play no, on fucking. That's fucking. Oh, In the Arms of the Angels? I don't that's know what it is. In the arms. Yeah, yeah, that's like yeah, yeah. Sarah Evans or I think so, yeah. Like okay, like anyways, but, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, um, but we're going to have live music. We're going to have food. We're going to have drinks. Um, a lot of my friends and, and business partners and stuff are having a lot of sponsors come in for that. Um, so it's going to be a hell of a time. And it's really all about fellowship. It's bringing in companies that you would see as competitors and yeah. letting everybody have a good time and hang out for the night at Fred's. Um, it's like a five-minute drive from the River Center, so it's right down the road. And, you know, I mean, look, Mallard Bay was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You know, so it's it's on our, our home turf, our backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really excited to, to throw something big for everybody how, to enjoy. How long is Delta going to be? At, is it a two-year contract uh, with Baton Rouge? I'm not positive. See, the rumor kept saying that they were going to move Turkey to Vegas, but I didn't hear nothing about it. So I'm assuming really? Turkey's still going to be at Nashville. I think going I to know, Vegas would be stupid. I think so, too. I think it's a perfect venue for them. I think so, too. Well, what do you think about Ducks going to Memphis? Excited. Me, too. I, I think, think it's going to be, gonna be really good. It'll be a... I like the idea of being indoors. Mm-hmm. I do not like no, outdoor No, Ducks, Ducks at Texas Motor Speedway. We, luckily, we were indoors, and I know you guys were, too, but I know y'all didn't have AC the first day. Oh, it's fucking hotter yeah, shit. Now. Dude, I was... Yeah. <laughs> I feel for the guys that were outside. They, because uh, they, it was like just plastic piping is basically yeah, how they did the AC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like they had like one little bitty where they like took a nail or something. They just and, like, like popped yeah. it. Yeah. Fucking Dirk that yeah, next yeah. day, he's like, this ain't gonna cut it. He just <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So you would stand in parts of the booth and you would almost freeze to death. Yeah. So you'd have to like walk because the hole was just blowing cold air. And we were like from here to that entry door from the unit, so yeah, like yeah, it yeah. was cold, cold air. Absolutely. And then like poor guys down, like we fucked up their air supply. No yeah. one guy told me. Later, he goes, How'd y'all get that cut open like that? It was right towards the end, like 15 minutes later. Started ripping. I don't know. We did that ourselves. (laughs) Fuck, I wish I'd have thought about doing that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your pocket knife out, dude. (laughs) Be industrious. But I will say this much for Ducks David and Jimbo and them. They done a hell of a job by bringing in them portable air conditioners. Oh yeah, like they worked all night. We talked to uh, David uh, the next day, and he was like, Yeah, like we were up all night making sure that this AC unit was was put in right. I think it's going to be good. I think it's good that they're taking a year off and everybody's kind of because um, we've talked to David quite a bit. We've talked to Jimbo with Ducks Unlimited. Jimbo was out here hunting with us for three days and he's like, we're going to do it right in Memphis. Yeah. So I think taking a year off and kind of yeah. assessing, you know, where everything needs to be. Well, because they're the biggest thing. brand in Waterfowl. People can say what you want to. The DU brand mm-hmm. is one of the most iconic logos. Mm-hmm. Nike. When you see Nike, you know it's Nike. When you see Coca-Cola, you know it's Coca-Cola. Ducks Limit is one of them. Yeah. And there's not a lot of those logos mm-hmm. that everybody knows. I don't give a shit if you're a duck hunter, you know what Ducks Limited is. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And I mean, you got to think of Memphis, right? It's, it's Mecca's right there. Yes. Right? You know, everybody's going to go to the pyramid. I yeah. went to the old Ducks Unlimited back in the day. I think it was called, uh, I, it doesn't matter what it was called. But anyways, I went to Shelby Farms. We okay. had a booth there in 1996 or 97. Okay. It was my first year I did the DU show there. Wow. Yeah. They had a show there and they used to have one in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Okay. And now they got the seaweed, and I would really like to see seaweed. Yeah, one you know, day. we had a couple guys go off to seaweed, and I've heard seaweed has turned more into like an art show, mm -hmm. like a arts and, and expensive goods kind of thing. Which I mean, a lot of people that go to seaweed, that's that's what they're looking for, right? In fact, right. I was talking with one of the Beretta reps at Turkey Show, and uh, he was saying they they pulled their normal um, shotguns that they would normally have at a booth, and they just do like their upland engraved over unders and, and nicer. Know your crowd. Like yeah. When if you go to the Safari Absolutely. Club in Dallas. Yeah, there ain't nobody fucking shining shoes there, probably. Well, they did have some shoe shiners. Did they? <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, I got right my boot shine. Why did you walk out? Um, yeah, but uh, but Dallas shows now are going to be in Atlanta. The Dallas Safari, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. The Dallas Safari Club show is going be in Atlanta. to Atlanta. I, I just, I, I can't fathom how they couldn't find a venue in Fort Worth. I can't right. fathom or, to go to Atlanta. Well, yeah. But, I mean, look, the good thing is for us now is, like, I guarantee there's going to be booth spots opened up. Right. And that six-year waiting list is probably going to get killed because everybody wants to go to Dallas. Mm -hmm. Atlanta's uh, – I've never had a bad experience in Atlanta. Yeah. But I've been to Atlanta three times. I didn't lose nothing there, and I don't have no reason to go back. Yeah. But – you know, when I hear all the crime stuff, I don't hear Atlanta's name, so Atlanta might not be a bad place. I spent two weeks there between the SEC championship and the semifinal game, uh, or the year we won the championship, because we played both games in Georgia. Um, and I, I had a good time. That's what no I'm one saying. had any I problems at all. I don't hear nothing about no. Atlanta. Having, I'm sure they've got – every big city's got a lot of yeah. problems. I mean, it's Hell, like Dallas else, is a, yeah. Dallas is a shithole. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, you get out of the wrong neighborhoods in Dallas. Oh, yeah. No, you, it's weird. It's, it's like uh It's one of those things where it's like this neighborhood is, you know um, – you know, upper middle class, you know, family homes, all these other things, and you go across the street, and it's bad. I mean, it's it's crime ridden. I, I I'm a member of a page on Facebook that I follow called Smash the Topic. It's mm -hmm. S M A S H D A Topic, and it's a it's a black page. And I started watching it. A police officer buddy of mine told me to watch it about 2016. He goes, you need to watch this page because this guy's at everything. Mm -hmm. And that's when we was having. That's when the police officers in Dallas got shot, and we had all the we we're having all the fucking marches and shit and all that crap was going on obama was still in office then and he told me so watch this he said this guy here he says he leans left but he goes he's at everything and so i started watching him mm -hmm. and i do now and they've got two or three people that are reporters that work for him and they're not professional reporters but they're at every shooting and everything and i'm telling you right now the city of dallas they had a they had a video the other day and it showed a neighborhood like 1985 mm -hmm. and it's like this neighborhood it was an old neighborhood and it was showing look at a difference you know 40 years later and now every house has got windows. If there's a house there, it's got bars on the windows. Mm -hmm. And it's just, and it's every city in our country mm -hmm. is just crime-ridden now, mm -hmm. big time. Yeah, it's... You live in Houston. It's alarming. Do yeah. You, do you not... Are, is your head on a swivel more there? Like when we, we went out and ate last night, mm -hmm. you don't you never think about nothing. No. But when you go to Houston, you've got to worry about that shit. Yeah, I mean... I, Honestly, like last night, I, I was comfortable having my back to the door. Yeah. Um, but most places I go, I, I like to, to watch the door. Um, you know, I, I during the day, it's fine. I've never had any issues. I've never had any issues at night. Um, but you always got to think about at night um, just being careful. Even you know? at a stoplight. 
stop by a gas station. Like, yeah. I always leave room. If I'm in a big city, oh, absolutely. I always leave a car length ahead between us. Because yeah. Michelle would be like, why are you so far? I said, so we can get the fuck out of here yeah. if we have to. No, my dad told me that when I was first driving. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, it's just in case, you know. Yeah, it's you always never been know. better prepared. You know, I've never had nobody try to carjack me. Yeah, me neither. Ever, but I got... I, I buddy of mine come out of Walmart one night, and he he was a nurse, and he got off like at eleven. He went into Walmart, and he bought some lottery tickets. Why the fuck you go to lottery, Walmart to buy lottery tickets? I have no idea. But Better chances, I don't know. Yeah, he, he was walking across the parking lot, yeah. leaving, and he had his lottery tickets in his hand. And this guy come up to him, this white crackhead come up to him, and he's like, "Hey man, you got a couple of bucks I can borrow?" Yeah. He goes, "Man, I ain't got no money. I'm sorry." What the fuck? You ain't got no money? You got money for lottery tickets? You ain't got no money to give me? That's why I don't have money. And keep yeah, buying a lot of tickets. I just spent it all, dude. Keith goes, yeah. oh, I may have some money on my console. Let me look. Okay, that's, that's better, man. And he follows into the truck. Guy go over to his car, and Keith opened up his console, pulled his gun out, and he said, I ain't got no fucking money. Get the fuck away from <laughs> you. Oh, and took off running yeah, and yeah, shit. Yeah. But, you know, fuck, that's... It, it's worrisome, man. It, it is really worrisome. Um, I mean, I had a guy in Atlanta... A uh, homeless guy, you know, yell at me across the street. Hey, man, you know, you got any money, whatever. And I like to help out when mm-hmm. I can. Um, but uh, I was just like, man, look, I, I'm sorry. I have no cash. And he goes, well, there's an ATM around the corner. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to walk up to the ATM and pull out my bank account <laughs> yeah. and pull out money for, you know, come on, man. That wears me. We was at uh, Starbucks in Wichita Falls mm-hmm. on Kemp Street. And I'm sitting in line. This guy comes up. He's on a fucking bicycle. Some bitch is fat fuck like me on a bicycle. No shirt on. No pride at all. He comes up. And he's like, man, you got some money? I go, what? He goes, you got some money? I said, listen, fat ass. I said, you see that sign right there? It says help wanted. There's three fucking signs within a block here. People look. Much money I said, go got. get a yeah. fucking job. Oh, it pissed me off. And I'm a sucker for people that need help. Yeah. I, I mean, if he'd have had a dog with him that was now nourished, <laughs> well, yeah, money yeah. or a kid, give him a bag of dog food. Yes. Arms of the air. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, you want to get money, people just have that song playing yeah. in your pocket. Yeah. But yeah. I thought, you fat fucker. <laughs> get a job. You can ride that bike across the right McDonald's there, yeah. is hiring fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go over and get a job. And yeah, I told that's... him that he didn't like that shit. I'm sure he get didn't. a fucking job. I'm sure he didn't. They spend as much time looking for begging and shit that could go get a job. Yeah. I legitimately feel sorry for people that work that can't pay their bills. Mm-hmm. You wanna you wanna choke me up? I watch you at Walmart with your debit card that don't work. Not your EBD card, but your mm-hmm. debit card, and you go try to swap mm-hmm. that card. And you don't have enough money to buy thirty-two dollars worth of groceries, and your kids are having to put yeah. shit back up. Let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to pay for it. Yeah, every freaking time yeah. I'm going to do that shit. But I don't want you to tell me thank you or anything at yeah. all. If you say thanks, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I did that in town to a lady one time, and she came in the parking lot, was bawling, and went to hug me and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was so embarrassed. No, I was, like, doing this I was like, lady, listen, I'll give you a yeah. hundred dollar bill if you'll just leave me alone <laughs> right now, okay? Because I'm because I didn't do it to be. I just I felt sorry for. Her. Yeah, it was twelve bucks or something, and I was like, here, just put yeah. that on mine. Yeah, you know, I, I have a, a quick story related to that. So my dad, my dad's a lot of things. Um, entrepreneur, he's been in oil and gas for his entire life. Like I said, grew up on a dirt road and did everything he's done without a college education. Um, in fact, I'm the first one in my family with a college degree. It, it meant a lot to me. Um, and my dad at the time, him and my mom were, were getting their businesses off and, and, and just working hard, grinding out. And um, he was eating lunch at a restaurant in Lake Charles called Honeybee Ham. Excellent sandwiches. I mean, they do, you know, they crawfish, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my dad, for a little while, had video poker machines. Like, before video poker was, like, a thing. Like, it was just coming out. And he had one in, in Mr. Joe's shop. And um, he saw a guy pull up in, you know, a raggedy car, a whole family, everything else. Guy gets out, goes in the, the little video poker area and... Walks off disgruntled and mad after like 15 minutes of obviously losing money, right? And dad said he went home and he was like, Anna's my mom. He was like, we got to, 
we're, we're done with that. Yeah. And, and she's like, what are you talking about? We're starting to make money on that. And he's like, no, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely can't do it. And, you know, he told me that. And, and, and when I was a little younger, I didn't quite understand. I was like, dad, well, you know, that, that was money for our family. You know, like why, you know, I mean, I, I get protecting people and I want to help as many people out, but I was like, well, you know, that was his choice kind of thing. And dad hit me with the Chris Kyle quote, you know, he's like, look, man, there's, there's sheep, there's wolves and there's sheep dogs. Like, yeah. which one are you going to be? Right. You know, and I was like, oh, shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Who, who's the famous lady that was an actress that dated uh, Howard Hughes? Um, uh, you're beyond my she, timeline. Yeah, sure. uh, she talks real. She has a real funny. Um, look, look this up real quick. She has a real funny uh, accent, kind of. Anyway, she, she was kind of a, a, a lady of means. But she grew up poor. She grew up with not a lot of money. Her parents were, were okay, but they didn't have a lot of money. And I can't. Mm-hmm. I want, it's not Rita Hayworth. Uh, God dang it. She's. Not Jessica Tandy. The min- did he marry her or no, not? No, dated her. <clears throat> okay. The many loves of Howard Hughes. <laughs> many loves. He had a lot of them. <clears throat> um, Catherine Hepburn. Okay, I'll go with it. Is she one of them? I, yeah, she's one of them. Cath- 1938. It, it was Catherine Hepburn. Anyway, so Catherine Hepburn said that she and her dad were going to go see the Barnum and Bailey Circus mm-hmm. in New York City yeah. when she was 15 years old, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And they were... a come from a decent family not a lot of money but a decent family anyways there was a family in front of them a, a father a mother and two or three kids and the boys were just the kids were so excited we're gonna go yeah. you see the tigers we're gonna see the lions blah 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 and they were all excited so the guy went up and he got to the window in front of him and he mm-hmm. said um, i need tickets for two adults and three kids and the lady goes that'd be ten dollars he goes ten dollars it's like yeah he's like oh and, and and she said i could see the dad just the face his color face and stuff mm-hmm. and her dad goes, oh, oh, sir, hold on. He said, he said, you dropped this money, and he gave him a $20 bill. That's cool. And yeah. she said the guys looked at him, and he goes, kind of put it in his hand and kind of yeah. shook his head, and he's like, thank you so much. And he bought yeah. the tickets and stuff. And they went in, and she said, we didn't get to go to the circus because that was the money that we had we had for us to go to the circus. Yeah. And she goes, I'll never forget my dad helping a stranger out. Yeah. And that always touched my heart. Because oh, that's nice. doing the right thing. It's not the right thing because it's not wrong if you don't help them because right. Andy would not have helped them. I would have. <laughs> but it's it, it's the right thing to do to be good yeah. to someone without having to do it for the wrong reasons. Right, right. And putting others before yourself. Yeah. You and, know, it's and all just, about service. Yes. And we we need more of that in the world. I agree. Okay. We've gotten way off topic. Yeah, we, <laughs> we've talked about we're everything. Two hour, we're two hours in and we no haven't shit. even. shit. Yeah. Are we actually in. two hours in? Yeah. yeah. That's hour a good and, podcast. Hour and 53 oh, minutes. Yeah. yeah. When, when we talk a lot and we yeah. don't know the time, when I'm sitting down there and I look and there's 32 there's minutes no gone, way. I'm like, really? son of a bitch. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. It's 11 o'clock. So let's talk. Let's talk Turtle Box. No, let's not talk Turtle Box. We'll talk about that man. Let's talk Ballard Bay. Okay. Okay. This was, a, this was born in Baton, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Just a bunch of college buddies and so, started a business yeah, together. So, so really the the whole story kind of starts out in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So back in seventh grade, Logan, Moe, and his family uh, moved from South Lake, Texas um, to Lake Charles, and we were friends right off the bat. My dad was coached football, and his dad called up my dad and said, hey, I want to help you coach football. I think our friends would get along. Our, our kids would get along and be friends. And, and we did. And fast forward to sophomore year of high school, Logan's dad founds a company called Waiter. And the Waiter app, have you all heard of the Waiter app before? Mm. So it was like the first like DoorDash Grubhub of the South. It wasn't huge in Texas, um, but it was very much the first like food delivery in the South. Um, Hurricane Harvey kind of screwed up the Houston market with deliveries. But anyway, um, so long story short, Logan and I are the first two Waiter drivers. Um, We're delivering food at 16. And then at 17, we're dashboard managers. 
which means we have two screens in front of us and we're dealing with restaurants, we're dealing with customers, we're dealing with customer service stuff coming in and we're managing drivers. So we could be over 25 drivers one night. We could be over 250 drivers one night. We had their GPS locations and we're mapping out, picking up orders. And I mean, it's like a high speed, high intensity <laughs> thing to do at 17 years old. You know I mean? I'm like, if you go deliver food at LaBerge or the golden nugget and you're sitting there for 30 minutes after your food says dropped off, get your ass back to work. You know, right, like you're right, out there right, gambling yeah. or doing whatever. And so we matured business-wise very fast through that. Um, then fast forward to sophomore year of college, ended up going, a waiter went public, so we rang the bell at the NASDAQ, and Tillman wow. Fertitta ended up purchasing waiter. The guy that um, owns the Houston Rockets. The Rockets and Landry's and all those other things. And so Logan took his dad on a hunting trip in Oklahoma. It was supposed to be a three-day trip. Ended up being a one-day trip. They got double booked, 13 people in the blind. One shot was fired, and it wasn't them. Mm -hmm. And a few thousand dollars out, hey, where's our money? No refunds you know, just screwed. Right. Yeah. And so they were like, does this problem happen to more people than us? And as we know now in the hunting industry, it happens all the time. There's all these outfitters that, you know, they're not vetted. They're not verified. You don't know who they are. They're Bob and Joe's outfitters down the street and they're screwing people. So Logan was like, how do we fix this? So Logan had a few people come on board and in, in, in 2019 at LOC and for about a year, he was trying to get it up started. Um, but because of school and college and everything else, it just wasn't, it just wasn't happening. Well, he ended up finding uh, Tam, who's one of our co-founders. He's from Vietnam. Uh, Tam Nguyen, he went to Ole Miss, graduated from Ole Miss, and he was our technical co-founder. So the programming, the development, all those different things like that. Um, and then I guess soft, or September-ish of 2020, um, he's in a business class with Joel, who's another one of our co-founders, Joel Morrow from Lafayette. And Joel was just kind of looking at his computer like, what's this kid doing? You know, this looks very interesting kind of thing. Started talking to Logan. They went out and grabbed a drink, became friends. Now he's a co-founder of Mallard Bay. And then Logan was like, well, I need somebody to lead the the sales and networking, kind of the the relationship side of it. And so he called me up. And, and I guess it was probably March of 2021 is when he brought me in as a fourth uh, and final co-founder. And, you know, he was kind of like, I had football going on and the stuff with the vaccine was going on and everything else. And, and he ended up telling me, he's like, look, dude, he's like, if you quit football, I'll pay la the last semester of your college. And wow. it ended up, he didn't do that, but just, you know, him and I are, are brothers. I mean, mm -hmm. blood brothers. Our family is, is very close. We go on vacations together. We spend so much time together. And um, I'm, I'm a very 100% kind of guy. Like, if I'm doing something, I'm going to be passionate about it. I'm going 100%. So I told him that. I was committed to it. And we built it out over, over that year. Um, we launched November 2021. That's when we brought Peyton on that I was talking about earlier. We brought Bennett on that I was talking about earlier. And another guy um, that was family, friends, and a uh, fraternity brother, I believe, of Joel's, um, Andrew Gregory, who came on. And Andrew's interesting cat, man. I, I love Andrew to death. He wears this uh, this boonie hat that's got mallard curls all the way around it. And uh, he's just an awesome young hunter. And uh, we launched November 2021. We were in four states, and I think we had about 12 outfitters. And a couple of those early outfitters were Vince Kimbrough, Prairie Bomb, um, and another guy, Andrew Weisman at Jelks Bayou Hunting Lodge. And the funny story about Jelks Bayou is I was in Hawaii and I called his head guide and we had a great conversation. I thought they were going to sign up. And because like I said, we were just trying to get early adopters. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, for free. I mean, we weren't charging anything at that point. It was just free on the on the platform. And um, so he ended up calling me. Dude, it was one morning at like six or six thirty in the morning. I get woken up on a phone call. And this is like around November of 2021. 
And he answers the phone. This guy's like kind of breathing heavy on the phone. And I'm like, you know, hello. Like, I just woke up, you know. And he goes, hey, you know, my name is Andrew Weisman. I'm the owner of Jokes Bayou Hunting Lodge. I understand you talked to my head guide. By the way, um, I'm on my Peloton right now, so I apologize <laughs> if I'm breathing hard. And I'm like, you know. Right. And uh, they ended up being our our first ever top uh, waterfowl outfitter. And me and Andrew are friends to this day. I mean, we went hunting in Kansas um, this past year at Cheyenne Creek. But anyway, his his lodge was up in Bastrop, um, Louisiana, North Louisiana. And uh, it it just became that and at the start it was more of a um more of a booking platform mm -hmm. um we were so committed and just driven to close up people's calendars to get people bookings from we were working with vetted and verified outfitters um and we were trying to get them good clients and i mean when i tell you we busted our ass to try to sell hunts but we're young and, and didn't understand how saturated the booking agency market is and how hard it really is to do that kind of thing. So we were just pushing and pushing and pushing, getting outfitters on and, and, and selling hunts. And then we took play, took part in a competition called the Rice Business Plan Challenge. Um, it was a college startup competition at Rice in Houston. Um, we didn't know it was the largest college business plan challenge in the world until we went. So they took 32 teams from colleges around the world. I'm talking Johns Hopkins, MIT, Munich, Germany was there. Harvard was there. And then here comes, you know, six guys in blue jeans, polos, <laughs> and Tacova's cowboy boots. You know, and we went in there against lab coats and suits, and we busted their ass. <laughs> like, we went in there, and out of 32 teams, we placed, I want to say it was, we placed ninth out of 32 teams, but we placed second in money one. So over the weekend, it was a it was a pitch competition. You yeah. know, me and Joel are up there pitching like 30 or tank. so people. Yeah. Um, except it was a little bit bigger. We had like 30 or so judges and we had a few pitches in the first pitch. I fucking bombed on. I completely like nerves just killed <laughs> yeah. me. I was in the shower that night rehearsing. And so the next two we killed. Um, but that was, that was a pivotal point in our business because we won over 300 grand in, in investments award given to us. Oh, wow. We didn't take it all because it's one of those things where, you know, they give you the big check of the banquet and everybody's cheering and then they're like, okay, here's the terms kind of thing. Right. Um, but anyway, that got a lot of buzz on a lot of PR um, and a lot of good stuff from LSU too, because we were the first and still only team from LSU to compete in this challenge. Um, we went actually went back last year as guests, and it was a hell of a time. Um, but that happened, and then I would say the next pivotal moment in our business where we really switched up from the the booking kind of model. Um, there's a company out there called Bourbon Media. Um, Toby Brolin with Cadillac Creek's one of their clients. Uh, Whiskey Slews, uh, K2 Coolers. Basically, they built websites that did marketing. Uh, social media services, stuff like that. And so we're like, guys, how do we incorporate those things into our business? Well, we ended up acquiring Bourbon Media and bringing on uh, three of their guys, uh, Garrett Shackelford, who's our VP of Marketing, uh, Nick Kreigsman, who's our VP of Operations, and then Caleb Richard, who builds all of our websites. Um, so when we did that, we rebranded Bourbon Media to Guide Tech. So mm -hmm. basically, now we have Mallard Bay, which is what we call the Airbnb of hunting and fishing. Right. It's the same platform as Airbnb. You go on Airbnb, you look up a place or a date, you find a place. Mallard Bay, you look up a state or a species, you're going hunting or fishing. Um, and, that, and, and, you know, to clear the air, it's not all booking Airbnbs to go hunting. It's, it's booking trips. You know, if your outfitter has a lodge like this, you could stay at their lodge or we right. have DIY hunts or day hunts or what have you, fishing trips. Um, but once Guide Tech came along, now we're like, how do we really help the outfitter? Because we had a whole back end uh, built out in-house by our developers um, with calendar management, um, with editable listings. You get an account manager to help you 24-7, um, all these different things. 
And then when we brought on that, it was like, okay, now we can really be a one-stop shop for outfitters and charters by processing payments, building them a website, doing marketing, doing social medias for them, um, running all their trips, you know, having their customer service for them um, and that kind of thing. And that really was the pivotal moment in our business to kind of help the outfitters and the, the sportsmen alike. I mean, we're all about enhancing all of our outfitters and, and sportsmen's trips um, any way we can. And so that's kind of what Mallard Bait is today is just a growing platform of, of that and helping people on the back end. And we've built websites for other companies in the industry and done some marketing services and stuff like that. Um, so it, it, it's, it's been a hell of a ride, man. It's been, y'all I mean, just signed dirty duck, right? We did. We just signed a marketing contract with dirty duck. So we're doing some of their marketing services for them. Um, we just signed, uh, we did my, we're doing Migra's website right now. Um, doing a few other things like that. And it's really just about us bringing together the industry and, and doing whatever we can to help people. What is the, the vetting system of outfitters? Because yeah. I've been in this game a long time. I don't mm. care. How many? How long you've done it? I don't mm -hmm. care what. I don't care if you're at a five star, ten thousand dollar a day place, mm -hmm. or you're hunting with Joe Bob. Meet you at the gas station. Right. You're gonna have an experience. Someone is gonna have a bad experience every year. You are right. Some of it is the fault of the outfitter. Mm -hmm. It with with us. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say eight out of ten times it has nothing to do with us. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's probably safe, Andy? Yeah. But two times out of ten, there'd be something that we screwed up on. Now we own up to if we screw something up. Absolutely. But uh, so many people go on a guided hunt, mm -hmm. and if they don't shoot a limit, they think that they're getting screwed. And that's not the yeah. case. You paid for a guided hunt, right? You didn't kill for a. If you want to shoot a limit every time, we mm -hmm. can do release pheasant hunts all day long. Yeah. And when you go with an outfitter, you think you're putting the edge on yourself to have a better mm -hmm. quality, a better experience, and a better quality place to hunt. Yeah. And it should be that way. But it is hunting sometimes. But how do you do with these? fly by night guys that want to come along because there are tons of them social media has completely changed this guy yeah. a guy a grandma's got a hundred acres he has a pond on it him and his buddies go mm -hmm. duck hunting twice a month on it they shoot a limit every time yeah but he doesn't know that he can't hunt it every day but he gets in business to sell it. right absolutely how do y'all how do y'all vest on vet on yeah that? so so that's a great question because as you just said i mean it, it's hard um so facebook has been a huge tool for us you can look up any name or any company and you can find something about them on facebook yes um facebook has been huge um, referrals have been huge. Um, outfitters in the area have been huge because it's one of those things like if we say, if we, you know, sign up, uh, we'll say, Hey, we work with you guys. Right. All of a sudden it's like everybody in your area that wants to be on Mallard Bay. I'm calling y'all and saying, Hey, who, who is this guy? Does he run a legit business? What do you know? Good, bad, right. ugly. Right. Um, so it's really like we've built this network of, of partnerships with our outfitters because we all our outfitters and charters are partners. They're not a number to us. Right. And the only way we can make it is we make it together. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And um, so that's that's really been the heavy part of the the vetting and verifying. Um, and, and like you said, sometimes outfitters slip through the cracks and stuff happens. And then I'm the guy that gets on them and, and fixes it. Mm -hmm. And if we can't fix it, you know, sometimes we have to fire a client or two. You know, it's one of those things where you're representing us, we're representing you. And if we're aligned and we're like-minded, we're going to be successful. Um, but, you know, if I have constant complaints from sportsmen about the same thing that we've talked about multiple times and – Hey, you got to fix it before you can come back on Mallard Bay. We had, I don't, do we, I don't, we, we didn't, we had a group of assholes that were here. It was a whole group of them. They had great hunting. Food was good. Everything. It just, they were just assholes. They were no fun to be around for nobody else around the lodge or nothing. The other clients, not the guides. Cause guides, I have guides all the time that come in. Like, God, that guy group's an asshole. Boy. And they're good to me. Yeah. And sometimes there's guys I think are horses asses that are great to the guides. 
can be a personality conflict, but right. we th- th- that happens. That's very common that you've got a group that's got one guy and it's a horse's rear or something. But we had one group of guys that was really horses' asses this year, and then he called me back about booking a hunt. I'm not going to book him. Yeah. And then we had a group of we had two guys that were in with a big big group that done some shady shit. They took all the birds of the group, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But we did. Can you think of anything? We didn't have really bad this year, did we? No, I mean, but I don't know. I, I I'm also to the point of where I am in life to where, um, I don't know what you'd call it, but like when that group's gone, like it's just kind of fades out of my memory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you start over. I have a short memory about yeah. a lot of things. And, so. But we didn't have a lot of issues this year that yeah, I can good. remember. And probably somebody listens, I hunted with you last year, this year, and blah, 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 you know. <laughs> but we didn't have very many in my books show yeah. it because we're about 80% booked for next season already. Yeah, absolutely. But you're going to have experiences. But people mm-hmm. sometimes think they're going to get more than they're going to get. Mm-hmm. And what will really shock you is a group that will have good hunts for 10 years in a row, and they'll have one bad hunt, and they'll be pissed and moaning around here. I'm thinking, they won't want to come Jesus back. Jesus Christ, you've had 30 hunts. You've hunted like 30 different days the in the morning. It's going to be a, yeah. And, and you've never had a bad day, and we just had a bad It's hunting. It's hunting. You're, you're booking a it's hunting not trip. killing. Yeah. But there's also a ton of guys out there now that sell hunts mm-hmm. that have no business selling hunts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and then and guys floor me. They'll be like, well, God dang, you didn't do this. Are they going to give me my money back? Well, first of all, he shouldn't give you your money back because he'd yeah. get you on a hunt. You booked a hunt. Right. And that's what he took you on. Now, if he's hunted that same field 18 days in a row, you still hunted. Absolutely. But, yes, he probably shouldn't be doing what he's doing, but mm-hmm. he took you hunting and fulfilled what he told you he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Too many people think if you don't shoot a full limit, you're just going to give them their money back. Right. I see that shit all the time. on Because I, I love reading the the, the the turmoil pages on Facebook, the waterfowl yeah, deals, and guys bitch and gripe about people. And, I'm, and 10% of the time, the client has really got a good point. But 90% of the time... The outfitter didn't do nothing wrong. Yeah. It just was bad hunting. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things because I, I deal with all of this in our company is like, did the outfitter do everything he could possibly do to make sure you had a successful hunt? Yeah. Right. Yes or no. You know, and if he did and the birds didn't fly, right. sorry. You know, I mean, it's hunting. You know, it, we I'll, we say it, we preach it. It's it's hunting and fishing. It's not killing and catching. Yeah. You know? I, I feel for that guy that has shitty hunting, whatever the situation is. To go out and deal with that every single yeah. fucking day and knowing you're not going to kill nothing. Yeah. And and I've known guys that have hunted in that situation. I've yeah. known some guys in our area that don't have nowhere to hunt and they're selling right. hunts. And I'm thinking, that poor son of a bitch right there is just putting himself. That's going to be a long-ass day. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know? And that, but it's 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 still the hunting part. Mm-hmm. But So there's really nothing. People need to do more homework. Yes. Before you go on a hunt with someone, you need to do a homework on where you're going to hunt. Right. Well, that, that's a big part of what our job is, is doing that homework doing for homework the client, for right? Yes, dude, that's um, a service you're providing. It, yes, yes, yes. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, like I said, with, with the Guide Tech product in our company, um, it, it's just such a – I mean, we're very blessed, you know, and, and we're very blessed to do what we do, and, and we take care of our outfitters and our charters and, and our sportsmen alike. Um, that's kind of our goal. Did you see Guide Tech, like when you first started Mallard Bay, did mm-hmm. you see kind of long-term vision, like what – what we could do yes because we already had the back end built out yeah for our outfitters um i didn't know that we'd ever be building websites or doing marketing services mm-hmm. um but i knew that we were going to constantly upgrade the back end of our system and a lot of that goes uh hand in hand with um like some guys from waiter for instance so like mr chris is the chairman of our board um you know we have a lot of great mentors and advisors um we brought on one of waiters co-founders to be our our head developer um 
We brought in another guy as an advisor. Now he's a full-time employee, Jacob Henderson. Um, he exited with a company called Local Med. It was a pharmaceutical company. Um, but uh, Manny, that came from Waiter, he's our head developer now. And, I mean, it's like leaps and bounds with our, right. our development. Because, I mean, we work, like I said, we work very hand-in-hand -hand with our outfitters and our charters. Like if our outfitter says, hey, it would be really cool if I could pay my guides through the platform or whatever, right? And so we take that back to our developers, and they say, okay, yeah, we can have that done in two months. Right. Or we can have that done in a week. Yeah. It just depends on on really what it is. And like one of the most recent features we put out was um, our send a quote feature. So now on Mallard Bay, if you're an outfitter or a charter, um, you can either call your account manager and he will do it for you, or you can go on the back end, you can put send a quote, you can do your, say, your waterfowl listing. And the guy says, I got four people I want to come uh, November 4th, 5th, and 6th. Well, you can put all that together, add how many people you can lock or unlock the dates. Say you give them like a week to pick whatever dates you want or however many people you have. And you can type in comments or whatever, and you can send them a link. And they click on that link, and they strictly go straight to checkout. You see the entire outlay of the trip, when you're arriving, when you're departing, what the hunt is, continue to check out, and it's it's booked. It's basically sending an invoice. Um, instead of having to, to select on the calendar, it's right. just convenience, right? Yeah. It's just fixing the little things and making it more convenient for the customers. Yeah. What was what was harder the first couple of years? Because it's always an interesting thing. Yeah. Like you know, you bust your ass to to get it to to make it, and then you get to the dance, and then you know you're constantly busting your ass on. Well, how do we how do we take these next step forward? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Um, I'd say for the outfitter side, um, it was harder at the beginning. Because, you know, we're the new kids on the block. We're right. the little dogs, right? Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah. doing everything to prove ourselves worthy. Um, because you enter any kind of new industry, you know, it's you got to fight tooth and nail just to get in. Right. Um, but, yeah, I would say I would say the first year or so was was probably the hardest because um, it was just getting guys on and then fulfilling the promises that we had that we had promised to, uh, to do with them. Um, I mean, now, man, we've got – it went from, like, strictly cold calls – um, to referrals to now a lot of people call us. Yeah. And I mean, we still do all our outreach and we go to expos and meet outfitters and stuff like that. But it's become such a, um, a network per se of just people that are like, Hey, like, you know, you help me out. Well, you need to help out my two buddies down the street and my buddy's also an outfitter in Kansas or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's been one of those things where we've just been blessed to have the, the outfitters and the charters that we have on the, the true supporters of our brand. And, uh, yeah, I mean, It'll never be easy, mm -hmm. but it, I would say it was harder the first year. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just like kind of like the podcast. Like, you know, you bust your ass to, to make it, and then, you know, you finally get there, and it's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, how do we stay here? Right. You right. know what I mean? Absolutely. It, and it's just like, it, it's almost like it never stops. Yeah. I guess if it does stop, you're probably going to go backwards. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's day in, day out, 24-7. I mean, I mean, this morning at 7 o'clock, you know, I was getting customer support calls, you know, fixing payments and stuff like that. Um, I mean... So like what I do, for instance, so I'm, I'm one of our founders and I'm our VP of customer and industry success. So I deal with all of our customer service and success. Um, I deal with uh, the financial department with Joel. I do all of our refunds, our transfers and um, collections and stuff like that. So like if you're right, right now, standard, it's it's two days out. Your payment's going to get run for your for your trip. So you, you put on your deposit the day of your booking mm -hmm. and then two days before the trip. Customary. Some guys do a month out. Some guys do two weeks out. It just depends. Um, but it's two days out. Your card automatically gets ran that you paid for your deposit to go on your hunting trip. Say you're going on Friday. It's going to run on Wednesday kind of thing. Um, well, a lot of times, you know, there will be a failed payment. I say a lot of times, 
not really a lot of times right. it, it happens, happens right whether the bank declines it or you know you thought that card would have more money at the time or you have a spending limit or or whatever yeah. it happens all the time so it's usually just a quick call from me or text and and we figure it out mm-hmm. um but that allows us to know my customers as well right. so i'm constantly talking to customers talking to brands talking to outfitters um different things like that and i'm also um, you know, like I said, in the, in the industry success part, I deal with a lot of, a lot of, uh, businesses, brands, stuff like that. Um, I mean, you know, boss, um, you know, all kinds of different companies that we work with Pecos, hella dry, nothing fancy turtle box, all these different guys. Um, we kind of have like our, uh, we, we coined it the Texas mafia. So it's, it's hella dry turtle box, um, Pecos tables. Um, we have Brennan with the, the Pitmaster collective, mm-hmm. uh, doing events for us and stuff like that. And, you know, we all just kind of get together and, and, and have a good time. So what did y'all do? Like when you first started out, was it just like a, a social media blitz almost of mm-hmm. getting the Mallard Bay name out there and, and yeah. what we can do for you? Yeah, it was a lot of Google ads, a lot of Facebook campaigns, stuff like that. Um, and it was a lot of, you know, the cold calls. Hey, have you heard of Mallard Bay before? No, right. what's that? Well, here it is. Um, you know, we, we kind of talk them through and, and yeah, it was just a big media push, just getting the name out there as much as we could. Yeah, because, I mean, like Jeff said earlier, social media has changed everything. Absolutely. I mean, you can reach so many people on, like you said, a, a boosted post or yeah. you know something that strikes an interest. But, mm-hmm. you know, because that, that, it's changed the way people book hunts because now they can just come. It's a one-stop shop, like you said. Right. They don't have to, you know, they don't, the customer doesn't have to call through six different outfitters to see which one fits for them. Right. They can just come to, to your app and... Right, right. Whatever they want to see. And, and we do have a full-time sales team. So if you wanted to call into Mallard Bay and just inquire about a trip, yeah. JP is going to pick up the phone and talk to you about it. You know, And he's going to curate exactly what you're looking for, what you want. You give him a budget. You give him the time of year to go. And he's going to put you on the most successful trip he could possibly put you on. How often do you guys like go boots on the ground with the, with the companies that you work with? All year. All year? All year long. Yep. Yeah. We're, uh, during the hunting season, I mean, I can't even tell you how many different outfitters we all visited collectively. Um, we'll all just go on the road, usually in teams of two. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we go solo. Um, but I mean, but that's the good thing about the hunting industry and then the, the friendship aspect of it and the relationship aspect of it is like, you know, whether or not we're going for business or, or for fun and, you know, we're getting invited all over the place. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it, it's amazing for us just to, I mean, that's what we grew up doing. That's what we love. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I can't be thankful enough to the guys that take us out. Now you wrestled Jason from hell, from hella dry, didn't you? I did at wrestle. The, uh, I did wrestle at the Dove outpo- <laughs> at the Dove uh, at the Dove show. We did wrestle, yes. And uh, in in his defense, he was probably a little worn out. Yeah. He was wrestling a kid out there. Um, I think he was one of the guides out there. They were going at it for a little while, and then I took my shirt off and, and we got after it. And, <laughs> you know, we just rolled around and I threw him in an arm bar, and we had a good time. Does and he have uh, any wrestling experience? I don't. So he played football guy. at Texas Tech. Oh, okay. him and his brother yeah, both. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I love Jason to death, man. He, I think he does jujitsu though. Does he? Um, yeah, he does. But wait, we were just messing around, drinking. He what, was tired. He what? Was tired. A, <laughs> back to the uh, Mallard Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As an outfitter, as an, as an outfitter, mm-hmm. talk to. We have a lot of outfitters that listen to this yeah, podcast. Yes, sir. And a lot of them do. Yeah. What can you do for them on the? Let's say I sell and hunt. Let's, mm-hmm. we're, we're just going. Listen, to make things easy, I have it. You have a thousand dollar package that you hunt. Okay. What kind of percentage do you charge to sell a hunt for someone? So if they're on the Guy Tech platform, it's going to be a five percent. Either it's going to be a five to eight percent, depending on what tier you're on of our Guy Tech program. 
Um, but it's going to be a five to eight percent fee to the sportsman. So if it's a thousand dollar hunt, they're either going to pay a thousand fifty or a thousand eighty. So, but the the outfitter is going to get his full price. The outfitter is going to incur the uh, credit card processing, fee. and that's it. If so two, it's a two point nine percent credit card processing fee, yeah, three percent. So basically, you're going to be selling if 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 I'm an outfitter. Joe Bob's hunting in Montana and I wanted right. to use you and I'm going to sell elk hunts or goose hunts or whatever. Right. You're going to have a 3% commission basically is what's going to cost them. Mm-hmm. But the customer's paying a hundred percent plus a 5% commission to you. Correct. Five so, days. So you're going to get, so that's really a great deal because yeah. as an outfitter, if you're getting credit card deposits anyways, you're mm-hmm. like our credit card machines a little less than two, but I've been mm-hmm. with them for 30 years. Sure. So it's going to cost me 1% basically. Right. That's a, that's a really a good deal for someone. And you're yeah. going to do all the and you follow up with the emails, the invoicing and everything. If we talk about something that we don't need to talk about, let's know we can no, change absolutely. this out. But but when 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 they book a hunt with you mm-hmm. as an outfitter, you're going to do the booking. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to send me my money. Yeah. On a check or a credit card, how's that work? It's all credit card. So you basically attach your bank account to Stripe. And so person books the hunt, it comes in as a booking request. There's no money transacted at that point. That stops double bookings and stuff like that. So the booking comes in, it notifies us, and it notifies you. So your account manager is going to give you a call. If you don't, We have a lot of guys that just go ahead and just book their hunts, but everybody on Guide Tech has an account manager that works with them. Um, so the account manager is going to say, hey, you know, you've got this booking, this five-day booking this time. Your, your calendars are good because the way it works is if you hold your calendars with our calendars, right? If you still got a pen and paper on the side, then how do right. I know when can we book this guy? Because we don't even know if you're really open on that day. So so real-time availability is so crucial to our business with our outfitters. Um, so it's going to come in. They're going to say, hey, you got a booking for this day. Oh, yeah, it's good. Accept it. So they're going to accept the booking. Then the money's transacted. The deposit goes in, takes goes to Stripe. Stripe takes the credit card fee. We hold our fee. And then it sends the rest to you, direct deposit. To go straight to your bank account. Correct. Okay. Then, and we talked about this. I know this answer, but I'm going to ask it to you for our best. It doesn't. So then I want to come to you and I said, hey, I'll tell you what I want to do. Mm-hmm. When do I get paid on the second end of my half? My right. Because like here, I settle up with people when they leave. Right. And I'm like, you want to do bird pressing, gratu- bird processing, gratuities, everything you can put on one deal. Yeah. So if they go to you, how does that work? Yeah. So really on the on that time of booking, you have two options. You could pay a 50% deposit or whatever percent you want to do. It's totally customizable. But you got to have outfitter. at least 50%. Well, it, unless you want 20%. It's completely customizable on the back end. You could do either a percentage-based deposit or you could do an amount-based deposit. Depends on exactly what the outfitter wants to do, we do. But standard's 50%. Yes. So it's standard 50% deposit up front. And then the standard is two days before your trip, that car that you paid with a deposit will automatically be hit at like 630 in the morning for that payment. So we can get you the outfitter, the outfitter his money before the weekend because it only does it on, on business days, right? Um, we've got some outfitters that take their second deposit a month out. We've got some that take it a week out, but standard is two days. What about the, de- like, you come and hunt with me for three days, you book a hunt through, mm-hmm. t- through Mallard Bay, mm-hmm. you book your hunt, and... It's a ten thousand dollar hunt. You give me five thousand up front. You owe us five thousand, and I get that the day before you come up to arrive. Correct. Okay. Then you leave, mm-hmm. and you you tip and your bird cleaning. Mm-hmm. Do they just pay me that directly? Well, they could either pay you that directly, or we have a post trip payments uh, feature now. You can okay. go on there. You can charge them. Say, hey, I want to tip. You talked about it. Hey, I want to tip you a thousand bucks on my credit card. Okay. Well, you go to the back end of Mallard Bay. You click on uh, request payment. You type in tips. You type in a thousand bucks. You hit send. It gets sent directly to their email. They hit yes on their email, and it's paid. Okay, that's interesting yeah. because that's the the, the well. That, every business is different, mm-hmm. and um, 
we all prefer cash if everybody knows that now i do understand that but but that's what i was wanting to know so the the payment situation on the second end they get paid before so mm-hmm. it's kind of like going to canada because if you go hunt with an outfitter in canada i think most of them require the second half to be paid in full before you arrive yeah we work with a handful of guys in, in canada um i've been hanging out do you know ben commodore with cloud nine yeah we had him on yeah awesome yeah yeah he, uh, he ruffled some feathers oh yeah so this it was a fuck up on on my end because we had another podcast to do and we kind of got off into the weeds of uh-huh. kind of his mentality of, do- of dog training I oh okay i remember this and guy i now. knew like we had a like we had a hard out that we had to hit with him mm. to, to do the next podcast and i it was a fuck up on my part as an interviewer because I didn't have time to have him elaborate on his stance. It was just kind of, he said what he said and it's like, I see. like, like we, we just, we got to go. Like this is a, this is an hour long topic that you just opened up here Yeah, and we've just got to jump ship. So I see it ruffled feathers. He got a lot of, he got, he took a lot of heat off of that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He took a lot of but, heat off of that episode and it was, it was more my fault than it was his fault. Okay. Because well, I didn't have time to vet what he was saying. Yeah. No, I understand. But I mean, yeah, we work. Ben's a great with, guy uh, though. I, I love, love ben. ben. I love Ben. Um, but we 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 do work for I don't even know now, probably twelve or so outfitters in Canada. Um we, But they all want to get paid before they're second. Correct, correct. Because correct. they're not supposed to do American money transactions in Canada. Right. And Stripe will automatically take your money and convert it to Can- Canadian and send it over to you. Um and it's Stripe is Stripe is a great company, except for their their supports kind of not. You know, I mean, they use like um, you know call centers and stuff. So that's a big part of Mallard Bay is I'm going to be the one on the phone with Stripe for two hours while you're doing your other business stuff and figuring right. stuff out. I mean, um, just recently, Xfield Outfitters is uh, Adrian Hill. It's an outfitter up in Canada. Um, I helped him him get set up with Stripe, and that was just going round and round with Stripe, and we finally made it happen. Um, I think my representative's name was Nice. This is an Indian representative. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just that's that's what we're committed to do for for the outfitter is is taking on that kind of stuff. And you told me yesterday you have different levels, and you've got yes, a level do. that does all the the face all the social mm-hmm. media for you. So if you do something like that on Instagram, do y'all what? How often do you hit Instagram or Facebook with it? I mean, like let's say Stanfield hunting, and you're mm-hmm. together, and I said, hey, yeah. I want the best package you got. Yeah. But I'm more interested in the marketing than I am anything. And you're going to market for me. Yes. How often would I see something put up on Instagram or social media that represents me from Mallard Bay? And how do y'all get material too? Yes. So the material part, it it takes working with you guys to like basically open up your Dropbox and saying, here, here's my content. Yeah. This is some of our favorites, post this kind of thing. Or you can, so Anna Richardson is, I think her technical title is marketing wizard, but she's our social media uh, girl. And she, uh, she's just a, a genius at what she does. She's a wizard. You know, that's why we call her that. And, uh, yeah, she just tailors it. And, and on how often will you see it? Ideally, every time you open up the app, um, we're really pushing different Facebook ads and different Instagram ads, but to give you like a number, I mean, I, off the top of my head, I'd be lying to you. You'd have to talk to us more about can, it. And the wizard get me unshadow banned. We can sure try our ass off to do it. <laughs> you told yeah. me to email them. Do you remember that? To email Instagram? You told me. You said, email them and let them know you've been shadow banned. You told me that at Turkey. Do you remember this I conversation? I did say that. Yeah, yeah, I did say that. Let me tell you something. You know how hard it is to find a fucking email There's to email, no email? I couldn't find one. I looked and looked and looked and looked and said, yeah. fuck it. I'll just be shadow banned for another two or three months. Because I have not. Stop posting dumb shit. <laughs> I posted a picture of Hillary Clinton in lingerie and it said something about how to really fuck up our country or something. I don't remember what it was, but <laughs> since then yeah. I have been shadow banned. Yeah. I, I was averaging, 
I don't know. You killed your you killed the algorithm for your own page. I did. I used to get a hundred. I used to on a week, average week, I'd pick up a hundred to two hundred followers. Yeah, I'm, I like minus fifteen for the last two months. <laughs> and I, and it's funny. I'll look and I'll gain one, and the next day mm-hmm. I'm two down low. And I think yeah. I'm getting rid of all the people that I didn't know anyway. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I Andy I, couldn't even find me the other day on there. Really. Can't find Jeff Stan Jeff J Stanfield sixty eight. Can't find it. And you're a verified account. Yes, that's wild. They're, they don't like me no more because of Hillary. Mm. They got your money for that blue badge, and they're yeah, like, they "Fuck did. this guy." Did they you have to pay for that? Or no. Is it a, he no? Paid Andy for gives it. me shit all the time. He oh, okay. fucking paid. For I don't it. have one card that's got a fucking sign, uh, any kind of charge at all. You, you think they're taking cash? It. I know. You paid for yeah. it. To be honest with you, I don't even know how it works. I, I don't know. Well, I know you can pay for Twitter. You can pay for a verified on Twitter, but it's the same with Meta. I can't email to get some help. But anyways, so. You do the marketing, mm-hmm. you do the social media for them, you book the trips. Website. And do you send them a list of what they need to bring and all that stuff, or do they do that themselves we can, email them? We can curate a trip itinerary for them. Um, we do trip itineraries, we do trip contracts, different stuff like that that we can put on their website. Um, it, it, it's just built out to where it's all like, so like outfitters like uh, like Toby with Cadillac Creek or Vince with Prairie Bomb or um whiskey slews or in i mean many many more you can just go on their website like if, if you look up whiskey slews um out of nebraska um basically they're just saying hey if you want to book with me go on my website and click book your hunt and it pulls up mallard bay's booking page instead of saying hey if you want to book with me go to my website and you type in a survey and we'll call you eventually kind of thing because every every business is different and every outfitter is different mm-hmm. like all businesses are Ours is different in some ways because I take care of all of that stuff, but I, that's my job here. I don't right. have to worry about nothing else. Tony's right. taking all the outside stuff. Andy does social media. He does the Big Honker podcast stuff. He does this. Right. So we have different jobs we do. But that guy that hunts by himself that's doing his own shit that's a plumber mm-hmm. during the day and then he outfits in the winter, takes off for three months. Yeah. He needs your service because he don't have time to call people back and be on the phone Absolutely. all day long. Like during the middle of the day, I just checked. I left here just a minute ago, yeah. and I checked. I have a guy that I need, I need to call in just a minute when yeah. I get done here. But I check my machine. I call everybody every day. Absolutely. Unless I'm out of town, I check, and I'm usually calls yeah. me every hour or so. A lot of guys don't have that time. You're right. Somebody like you is really a good system for them. Yeah. And we've got guys like uh, like Corey Sexton with Land of Enchantment. Great friend of mine. Great business partner. Um, he's going to Mexico, and he's already got my sales guy geared up. He's like, hey, I'm going to be gone for a week. You're taking all my calls. Right. Cool. We got you. You yeah. know, if we need to get a hold of you, we'll Snapchat or something. But yeah, um, but yeah if you just go from go back to the homepage. Oh, sorry. So, um, so we built this website. Um, this is one of many that we've done. And if you scroll down, you can kind book of book your hunt see, on the right over there. Yeah. You can oh. kind of see different things and book your hunt pulls up all their listings. So if you want to click, um, I think one of the top was probably be the most active one right now. Yeah. You can click that. You click the package of the three day goose. Um, different outfitters have different pricing packages that these guys have one particular package. If you click it, click it. Yeah. And then continue, oh, continue. And then dates, you can go to, go to the next available date and just click and that's and so that calendar it's basically blocked off tuesday wednesday thursday you can pick any of these dates so if you click the first it'll auto select all three of those days so you would actually with that particular package you would show up thursday you'd hunt friday sleep friday night hunt saturday sleep saturday night hunt sunday leave and then you can see there it's 2400 so whiskey slews they take on the sportsman fee and the credit card fee right so it, it shows no taxes and other fees for them so if you hit continue it goes to the add ons page if you got, you know, if you want to add breakfast to your to your uh, trip, if you have a child with you, or if you want to add on a pheasant hunt, you can do that. Um, and then continuing from there has more info um, about the trip. 
check-in time, if you've got a coupon or a discount code. And see, there's there's the pay in full or the pay less up front. So if you click pay less up front, it'll automatically convert it to the 50% deposit. Right. Um, and the thing that we built out, too, is if you book a trip within two weeks, your only choice is to pay in full. Right. Because, um, I mean, as you guys know, being outfitters, a lot of people will put a deposit down and then mm -hmm. be like, hey, I can't come anymore. And then you lost out on a potential sale. Um, with another client, right? Right. I don't think it'll it'll take you next. Uh, nope. next That's yeah, the funniest thing I have guys yeah. bitch about that. They book a hunt in, let's say you book a hunt in June. Yeah. And then December gets here and whatever the reason is, you can't come on a hunt and you call me and you're like, well, I had a guy last year, well, I, I've got the flu, I can't come. Right. Like, okay, well, what about the rest of your guys in group? Yeah. Well, if I don't come, they don't want to come. Yeah. Can we move our deposit to next year? No. You know, you're sick. First of all, you're going to lose your deposit anyways. But if you're sick, truly sick, yeah, I might give you your hunt for next year and let mm -hmm. you bring your deposit. But I'm not everybody else. Not everybody else is sick in that deal. Yeah, you know. But people don't realize when you book a hunt with an outfitter, he's only got so many days to make a living. Yeah. If you don't show up, you lose your deposit. That's yeah. why you give a fucking deposit. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. You but know, yeah. we're we're not a Hilton. Right. You know, a lot of people think, well, you book a hotel room and you cancel within 24 hours, they give you your money. Well, it's not that way in this no. business. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. Not at all. But yeah, you know, we've done all kinds of cool stuff, man. Um, you know, like one thing, like I was talking about last night, a super cool thing we, we started doing is live in the blind. Mm -hmm. um, long story short, our first one was in Missouri at Blackwater Outfitters. We had uh, Cameron Marlowe, John Langston, Styles Hari, um, Megan Patrick, and Casey Tindall all come. Um, we did like a three-day hunting festival event with food. That's where we met Brendan doing the cooking. Um, this past year's was at Cadillac Creek. Um we had Co Wetzel, Mike Ryan, Chris Colston, and uh, Dylan Wheeler. That was a hell of a time. We had about 400 people there at the um, Grandiza Event Center in North Amarillo. Um, had great sponsors for that show. I mean, I, we couldn't have put it on without everybody involved on team and sponsors and cooks and everything else. And it was a hell of a time. Um, so it's kind of cool how we've, you know, our core business model is Mallard Bay with our product as Guide Tech, right? Mm -hmm. um, but every once in a while, we'll kind of throw a wrench in there and, you know, um, do something really cool with the community like that. Um, we've also started kind of producing films. So mm -hmm. the first one we really did was the story of Toby Brolin, the panhandle sportsman. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it, but if you go on YouTube, you can watch it about 20, 30 minutes long, just in the life of Toby. Um, we just released one, uh, right before Turkey show generations of the Island. That's about uh, CBI Carter's big Island with Roy and, and, and those guys. Um, and then also, uh, Logan took part in uh, the Road to 100 series um, that Ryan Bassham is doing, basically going around the world killing 100 species of waterfowl. Um, so I know that's been that's been airing out on YouTube. Logan's not doing it anymore. Um, we just got too busy with the inner core of the business. Um, but if you guys want to go check it out, I mean, so it's a great film. He went and hunted in Sweden, um, and it was just incredible. Just the different styles of hunting over there. It's just so so. Different now was that his idea? How did how did all that come about? That was uh, that was Bassham's idea. It was his um, idea. Yeah, I believe so. And then he came to you guys and was like, "Hey, yeah, we sponsor it." Yeah. Um, us, uh, Montana Knife Company. I think Bassham's with First Light now with the with the the actual production of the uh, or the actual um, the camo worn on the Road One Hundred. Um, but yeah, that that all came about with that, and uh, I know they're releasing now on YouTube. I think they just went to Mexico. Um, while we were at, uh, hell, where were we? Where were we at? I think SCI. I think at SCI they were they were in uh, Mexico maybe. What did the what was in Sweden that they went after? What is it's not gray lags. Gray lags in Scotland, isn't it? Or square? Or do they have gray lags in Sweden also? Jeff, I know. I would say they probably Scotland. do because I don't probably think it's both. very far. I would yeah. I would guess probably the same way. I'm probably. 
fuck, I don't know if Eurasian Wigeons are there in China. Yeah, I know they had, I know Tundra Swan was one of them, I believe. I think they also have a black swan or some over kind there. of swan, yeah. Um, but it was wild, man. They had them, they were hunting at night. They were really? doing all kinds of, all the guns are legacy guns. Like, you can't buy a new firearm in Sweden. It's got to be your great, great, great grandpa's, you know, old boomstick. Basically. You better be shooting some boss then. Damn right. I had a friend that he went and hunted, Ryan, he went and hunted with uh, the Indians. He was the wildest whoa, shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not politically incorrect. The Native Americans. The natives in, they weren't in Canada. Were they in Canada? Did they cross the border? We still, we call that Trudeau land, yes. Either way, Trudeau like land. corn over the places that they're hunting, hunting oh, them yeah. like 20 not, minutes before shooting light. Like I think it was dark. Yeah, he's like, we had to, we had to, the only way we could see the ducks was the muzzle blast. And that's how you would gauge your second <laughs> shot was the light from yeah. the muzzle blast. He's like, yeah. it's the fucking wildest thing, he's, you know, because he's like, you know, he's always done it in America. He's like, there's yeah. there's corn everywhere. Like, Absolutely. what are we doing here? He's like, I'll just shoot at him. Yeah. You're fine. And they fill up like a tote sack and <laughs> be done. Be done. That's, that's, 37. That's when, yeah. they, that's when they go in. 37 wood ducks one morning. Yeah. One guy. That's what's so crazy that's about like, everybody's worried about the pintail population and every, or duck population, mallard mm-hmm. hens and everything. You shoot the shit out of them in Canada. You'll shoot eight pintails, eight mallard hens. You go into Mexico, and they're just no obliterating limit. them. Yeah. There's just not very many hunters, though. That's true. You know, and, and one thing, too, to talk about is, like, season dates. Yeah. You know, I mean, hell, the birds are here now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's right. kind of wild. Yeah. The, I mean, we had, um, I mean, in Louisiana, where we hunt out of Gaton, um at um, uh, Piro uh, Hunting and Fishing Lodge is, is Logan and his dad's hunting outfitter. And that's, I was telling Jeff yesterday, that's kind of how we started out was we were working with Piro and learning kind of how an outfitter works, the inner workings of it, so that when we talk to outfitters, we know what we're saying. Right. Um, and, I mean, you know, we had a great teal season. And uh, big duck season came around, man. I mean, there's still a lot of teal in Gaton, but it's like the ducks are just kind of showing up. Right, and, yeah. yeah you know, what are we going to do? So but di- different world we live in and – it's going to be different. It's really weird. It's going to change. I know that right now the nesting conditions are not very good. That's what I've heard. So really, really bad and bleak in a lot of places. And yeah, that's got to be the hard part of y'all's job is you have to know the inner workings of all these different outfitters. You know, because not not every outfitter's going to run their bookings the same or just kind of the the small nuances of the way that they run yeah. their business. And you have to answer for them. Right, right. And that's a big part of Peyton's job. So Peyton will do all of the outfitter demos, and he almost kind of in in the demo call. He will consult your business, figure out how you do everything, learn a lot about your business. Right. Um, and then he'll be able to suggest truly what you need from our platform. Because like I said, Mallard Bay, like we're not like, I mean, look, we're a business. Everybody's here to make money, right? right. But we're not here to make any money without our outfitters making money too, you know? So it's very curated like, hey, we don't want you paying for something that's not working. So that's why our marketing team is so active working with an outfitter. Like if you're on a marketing service, our marketing team will be with you Anytime you call them or they'll call you day in and day out figuring out, hey, this is working. Let's keep paying for it. This is not working. Let's scale back the monies on this end. Um, so, like I said, we're just committed to our, our partners that are our outfitters and charters. I, um, I'm I'm really good friends with a guy that's uh, good friends with an attorney that takes care of a lot of the top YouTube kids that mm-hmm. do the, fucking I don't know, video game shit. Them guys make like streaming and all that yeah, stuff. That yeah, kind of yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. And he told me the key, those guys told him the key is you got to put shit out every day. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Oh, you have to constantly to social blast. media. You need yeah. to social media. If you have Instagram, you need to do an Instagram deal at least once or twice a day. Mm-hmm. If you do Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is, you need to put some content out every single freaking day. And he goes, that's the key to that whole day game. Yeah. I mean, you know, we do stories and scheduled posts and stuff like that. So 
Yeah, you have to yeah. do that. Yeah. Well, it's been a it's very, very enjoyable podcast. We'll have you on again and go over a bunch of stuff. They're awesome. Yeah. Thank We've you. Talked guys. about everything in the movie, but yeah. Mallard Bay. How do they? The MallardBay.com. MallardBay.com. Yes, sir. Easy enough. Yes, Instagram. MallardBay.com. Instagram. Facebook. I believe Instagram or MallardBay underscore. Um, if you're an outfitter or a charter and you you want to check out a demo, have a free demo with us, guidetech.mallardbay.com, or you can find it on the site, scroll down, and, and apply to be a guide today. Easy enough. Right. Listen, awesome. Wyatt, we really appreciate you coming out yes, here. Yes, all, podcasts are so much better whenever you can sit across the table and absolutely, you know, kind of feed off of each other. So absolutely. we appreciate you making the drive up here. It's been uh, an enjoyable past couple of days. So Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Hey, thank you it. very much. God bless you, my friend. Safe travels going on. Yes, sir. To Houston. Ooh, I don't know anybody wants to go to Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Got to. Headquarters are there. That's right. All right. Love you. Bye. Watch for deer. Peace. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, go check out all of our great sponsors. Dirty Duck Coffee, Dive Bomb Industries, Pacific Calls. We have a promo code there, BHP25. Boss Shot Shells, MLR Graphics. Baseball season's coming up. You need jerseys. Shin Gear, Looking Glass Podcast, Lucky Duck, Ducks Unlimited, Double T British Kennels, Mossberg, Alpha Outdoor Specialties, Hemp Hill Farm, BHP's promo code there, and Stanford Outfitters.